This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey guys, here's a message from one of our partners, SpiderVPN. As we all know, browsing the internet can be full of hidden dangers and snoopers, but you can easily protect yourself and at the same time get access to all your favourite websites and streams by using SpiderVPN. They have some amazing offers right now and have come highly recommended. Check them out at spidervpn.org and uh, get yourself some great offers now. And don't forget to mention Dazzling Dave or Always Wolves to get yourself a real nice discount. That's spidervpn.org. And a very good evening uh, to everyone. We've already got over 26 people uh, watching live. So those are the uh, who are <laughs> ready to go right at the start, highly committed, which is, uh, which is great to see. And uh, this is the penultimate extra time of the 2122 uh, season there will obviously be other podcasts coming through the the closed season which i'm sure many of you will want to get involved with and um this one's quite an interesting one obviously it's the last home game of the season at molyneux uh, another weak performance possibly on the whole we didn't lose uh we came back from a goal behind and um, we got a 1-1 draw. But, of course, there were scenes at the end um, with, the, uh, which is, with the players, the women's team and uh, the men's team uh, doing their circle of the pitch, uh, waving to the fans with their families, the ladies' team proudly sporting uh, their two trophies, hopefully get one more next weekend. And then, of course, we had the men's team um, circling the, uh, the waving, and um, obviously, there's a little bit of an emo- a bit of emotion uh, that we're going to come on to and and talk about, not just the game and looking forward to next week uh, in terms of Liverpool, but of course, um, the thoughts of losing some of our most loved players that have served Wolves so well. Um, 
in recent times, notably all the biggest of those, of course, um, King Ruben, King Ruben Neves that was seen with a tear in his eye waving to, to the fans. And is that his goodbye? Is it farewell? Will we see uh, Ruben Neves on the pitch in a wool shirt at the opening match of the season next year? We're going to be asking all our pundits uh, coming on today. And, of course, we're going to be asking you guys your thoughts as well uh, in the chat. We will be looking ahead to the final game of the season at Anfield. It would be a miss not to uh, talk about the, uh, the the Wolves women as well. We've got a very important game next Saturday, and we'll be talking about that. And we're also going to be asking the pundits that come on tonight a very other important question. And that is tea, chocolate or coffee? What's their preferred tipple? Or it could be Horlicks or Bovril. We don't know. But any hot drink, we're going to be asking them their favourite hot drink. So um, I just want to, first of all, before we get on to our first, we've got uh, we've got Jack, Jason, Josh, and we will be having a debutant tonight from the new chairman of the Wolves 1877 Trust, Daniel Warren will be making his debut and I'm sure he'll be uh, having some updates for us on the Wolves Trust as well, which will be very interesting to hear. And uh, as I say, we're now up to 78 watching live in the chat. So guys, do us a favour, uh, smash the like button whilst you're here. Let's get this over to 100 likes on YouTube. Let them know that you're enjoying the content. Please feel free to share on your um, WhatsApp groups and Facebook groups. And let's get straight into it. Um, so we're going to bring on first Jack. Hi, Jack. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hi, everyone. We all OK? Yeah, not too bad. I just want to say a big thank you, as always, to Spider VPM and their latest product, Spider Miner. Uh, details in the description below. Please click, click on the link. Have a check out what they can do because it's really interesting and exciting. Um what they do, uh, VPN routers for your home, and of course, the latest uh, spider miner, which is a crypto miner, uh, which is very cost effective. Jack, Jack, how are you feeling, first of all? Because the, uh, the last time that we spoke um, was uh, I obviously spoke to you on Samosa Saturday, yeah. and uh, we're in good spirits, and we were talking about your Crohn's, and then the next, the next day, um, you weren't too good. How are you feeling at the moment? Yeah, not so bad at the minute. Yeah, all good. So um, fingers crossed that stays as it is. It, it does literally peak and trough. So it's day to day, really. Sometimes it, it will be like, literally, I'll, I'll wake up in the morning. Oh, today's not going to be a good day. Or actually, today is going to be all right. And that's kind of how you learn to live with it, really. Just kind of get on with whatever it throws at you. And, and that's I all I do it admire is. you living with that, mate, because as I say, I was in hospital with them. Um... A condition myself four or five years ago rushed into hospital and I was okay I've been okay since but I was um in the hospital say for 10 days and sat next to a Crohn's patient and I learned a lot about Crohn's and I know it can be very debilit debilitating so uh, the one thing that you always are regardless of anything you're always so positive and measured and um that's why people love you when they come on the uh on the channel yeah. 
So it's great to have you back. I'm glad you're feeling uh, well. Let's talk initially about the uh, the game and your day uh, at the match. Your expectations going into the game, um, the starting lineup initially. I mean, I was hoping. Walls were going to go with a four-two-three-one. I don't know if you you saw my preview. Those that didn't watch the preview would have seen that. I wanted to see uh, a four-man defence um, and then a bit more attacking. It was uh, five at the back. Totti Gomez came in, who I thought had a magnificent game. Two amazing tackles, one right on the goal line, the other one in the other half, crunching tackles. And um, I thought it was good to see him. Um, and then, obviously... Um, we had uh, Raul up front with uh, Wang and Neto, and um, we saw Chiquino come on later on. I mean, what what were your thoughts initially uh, before the game? What your expectations? I mean, I think we kind of sort of knew what kind of game it was going to be. We, we've kind of had this sort of malaise over over the team for a while, haven't we? Really, the last sort of eight nine games, I, I guess, maybe even further. Um, I just wanted to be entertained yesterday. It's the last last home game, isn't it? it? We were talking, it's probably going to be a few players' last appearance at Mind You in a Wolves shirt, um, things like that. You just thought, let's have a go today. And I just don't think we did it. We had, we had a, a 10, 15-minute spell, didn't we, where we got the equaliser and, and Neto had a, a shot well, the header, sorry, well saved. But other than that, I, I just thought it, it was like a, a friendly, wasn't it? It was, it was half pace. Norwich couldn't really be bothered. They, they obviously weren't interested. They were time-wasting and all sorts weren't there towards the end. They, they just didn't want to commit to, to trying to win the game. We didn't do enough to win the game. I think, like you said, Toti Gomez was probably the the real highlight in terms of people coming in and, and making a, a case for, for starting going forwards. I mean, there, there are a few players there who, you know, I don't want to use the phrase going through the motions, but that's kind of what it felt like at, at times. There were players who were just kind of just picking up the, you know, picking up the wages and not really bothered what happened on the pitch. There's no pride in, in in the shirt. You know, there's, there's got to be professional pride, hasn't there? You know, you're playing against a team at the bottom of the table after 36 games for a reason. You know, they can't defend and they don't score many goals. You should be looking to to win the game. And and I never felt we were particularly keen to do it. It didn't seem like there was any energy or enthusiasm from the, from the players to go and, and dominate the game. Apart from that 10-minute spell where we were pressing high up the pitch, we were aggressive into the tackle. That in the first part of the second half, you were talking about. Yeah, it was, it was literally after we came out for half time and he brought Chiquinho on. And there was a 10, 15 minute spell where we were really, really good. We got the equaliser. Their keeper made a really good save from, from Neto's header. And there was a couple other chances as well that we were sort of in and around the box. But then after that, it was, just, like I said, it was half pace. It was slow. It was pedestrian. It was, you know, it was like there was no enthusiasm. The crowd was flat. We were we were waiting to be excited, waiting to get behind the team, and they didn't give us anything to get behind. In terms of the team lineup, again, you know, chopping and changing all the time, isn't it? You kind of you're not quite sure what to expect. Not entirely sure what the thing with Ruddy was. I know he's potentially going to be leaving, and, and they want to give him a a send off, but bring him on with ten minutes to go. You know, play play your number one goalkeeper. Play Sar, and you know if you are winning two 0 with ten minutes to go, bring Ruddy on so he can clap the South Bank and and have ten minutes on the pitch. I'm not sure starting him is is the right thing to do. I know, I know the sentiment, and people will say he's been a great servant for the club, and I don't disagree with any of that. But you know this is a, a game you've got to try and win. We we could have still qualified for Europe if we'd have won yesterday, and it would have meant we'd have to go and win at Anfield as well. But 
it's still there, isn't it? And it, and it felt a bit like we conceded the game in terms of the lineup, didn't it? I mean, Huang started again, who's done nothing since you know since the new year, and you're just thinking, I want to see, I wanted to see Trinko play because there's got to be a decision to be made on him, hasn't there, in the summer of whether we're going to sign him or not? And you're not going to learn anything about him sat on the bench. Well, well, that was part of the um, the three, uh, the four, two, three, one. And I'm going to come back in a minute to Neil White's comment, which we'll put on the, the screen in a second. Um, but, like, with the four-man, I'd have put uh, Neves, Matinho, and then up front, uh, I'd have had Trincao in that 4-2-3-1 formation, just behind, because that those three can interchange. And um, Neil White has um, put a, a comment on this. I mean, I don't know if you can care with this generally. I mean, I, I, as a whole... Maybe yes, but against Norwich, uh, Wolves did not have the players for a back four. Against Norwich, Neil might well be right, but the only way we'll find out is actually having a go at it. You know, whether whether Bruno's done it in training and and, th- and just doesn't feel agrees with Neil and doesn't feel the players are up for it. But we've got to see, haven't we? You know, for for me personally, I think next year going forward, it's going to have to be a back four, isn't it? You know, and, and you've got Kilman who I can think can play in a back four. I think they've got no issues with that. Uh, I think Johnny and Semedo and Ait Nuri on the on the sort of fullback wing back roles could probably do it. You know, they'd need to perhaps adapt how they play a little bit. You know, in terms of getting a little bit more defensive, a little bit tighter in to the centre halves. And the, the the big issue really, and we've talked about this before, haven't we? Is Cody. You know, because as things stand, if you wanted to play a back three and you needed a, a, a guy in the middle of that back three who can read the game, can organise the defence, can play the balls out from defence into midfield. There's nobody better in the league than Conor Cody. But once you go to a back four and he's going to have to risk getting turned, handle the physical side of it, go up for headers, go up for you know challenges, I think he'd be exposed and I think we'd, we'd suffer as a result. But then the issue is, and people have said this again, haven't they? Well, if you take Cody out of the team, you lose the organisation, you lose the leadership. You lose that, you know, that that spirit. He's, he's, he's the dressing room, isn't he, Connor Code? You get that feeling from interviews and from what people say. He is kind of the driving force behind. And even if he was sat on the bench, I'm sure he'd still be doing that, you know, gene everybody up. But it's a, it's a huge decision they've got to make, isn't it, in terms of if we are going to go to a back four, who those two centre-halves are going to be. Because on, on the form of this season, Kilman has to be one. He has to be one. And then it's just who who is alongside him, whether it's someone you bring in you know, you go into the market and, and go and sign a, a pacey, strong, athletic centre-half to play alongside Kilman, And then we can push higher up the pitch because they've got the pace to, to get back if they are countered. Sark can then do his sweeper-keeper, Carney, because that's one thing that he's very, very good at is getting from hit the edge of the box to halfway up the pitch and sweeping up if we are counted on. So, I mean, I'd agree that, that in terms of personnel, we're probably not suited for it at the minute, but... It's not a something that's set in stone, is it? We could easily transition to a back four, but but there's a big issue with, with Cody in there, isn't there? That that's probably well, we, what we played. We played a back three at the start, and Norwich were got in three, four, five times. I, th- I think the key player that's missing out of that back four or back five is Max Kilman. Since yeah. he's not been there, we've really looked incredibly vulnerable, and it's amazing to say how far he's come as a player that we're really noticing him and we will be doing a we will be doing a show uh, where I'll be getting some of you guys involved and some of the regular pundits involved where we we'll get on 
and we will do, um, you know, a loan sell keep type thing at the end of the season. Willie Bolly is another one. Point of fact, love Bolly, but he seems to have lost a yard of pace in terms of reactions. Uh, you talk about Cody, obviously. I think, um, you know, it's, Cody's key to the team dressing room, especially if Nevis goes next year. If we lost Cody and Nevis, we, it would be almost like a brand new complete. You need transition. Um, I think Cody could play in the back four, potentially. I don't think it's ideal, but I do think he could play just in front of a back four as well. Um, you know, in that role, in that two, just behind, because that's the sort of, you know, a defensive um, position. And you can still spray the balls out from there. They could pass it into him and he could spray it out or push it up the field because he has got a range of passing. So I do think even if um, Bruno Large changes, and we'll ask everyone else uh, on that, it'll be interesting to hear what, um, you know, uh, Jason and Darren and Josh have thoughts on that. But I do think that that could still be a role for Connor Cody, even in the 4-2-3-1 formation. As regards to Ruddy, um, you've got a very good point, but you could have brought him on with 10 minutes to go. But if there would have been um, five subs, that would have been quite easy to do with three subs. You never know what's going to happen. And bringing a goalkeeper on... Um, for a last hurrah, if you're chasing the game and you've got one sub left, um, I'm not sure how that would have gone down. So I, I, I think John Ruddy was given the nod. Uh, I think Saar was happy to set a, to step aside because he's been such a big servant to the club. He's been massive behind the scenes in terms of um, supporting the players. It was the perfect game probably to start him. He's a good shot stopper. Um, I don't think he did anything wrong during the game. And it was against Norwich as well. So it kind of, obviously the fact that he played is obvious that John's probably going to move on next season uh, for definite. We've got a young guy that's been out on loan. I'm not sure where, but I think he won player of the season. <laughs> it was a key. Oh, um, Sarkic at Birmingham, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. he's gone out on yeah. loan, hasn't he? And I think he's been voted Birmingham's player of the season. So obviously yeah. he's a talent. Um, whether Wolves will go, will bring him through as the backup uh, or another um, remains to be seen. I think uh, John's going. It was a good send-off for him. And so I, I didn't mind it, the fact that that obviously Saar will play in goal next week. I think John Ruddy needs to play football somewhere. It'll be great for somebody in the Championship. Maybe he'll end up back at Norwich. You don't know because he's still got family there. Yeah. Uh, and I do think John will end up being a bit of a new now. I think he will come back at some point into some form of coaching or management as well because that new now uh, was obviously a goalkeeper and sat on the bench alongside a lot of managers and learned to trade and then became a, a coach. So maybe that will happen for John. Yeah, no, listen, I'll, t I'll take everything you've said. I, I agree that he needed a send-off. He's been a great servant for the club, etc. But I just feel things like that, you know, it is a literally last 20 minutes, last 15 minutes, if you can, go and get on the pitch and, and say your goodbyes. You know, we've got a game to win. And, and we like I, said, I don't think Ruddy did a lot wrong. I'm not sure he could have done anything with the goal. I don't know if it took a deflection. It looked like it from, well, I watched from where the, I was. I watched the goal back and it looks to me as if it's, He's kind of hooked it and it's gone through somebody's legs, yeah. a, took a touch and it sort of trickled over the line, didn't it? It, it kind of, um, I don't know whether he was he was unsighted or how it came through. We were probably expecting him to play it 
around the player into the other side and it ended up going through someone's legs. And um, there's an old saying, if it goes through the legs, it goes. And how many goals do we see um, that the ball, I mean, must the ball goes through a defender's legs and then it goes into the goal. It's happened so many, many times. They either block it, but if they don't block it, it often goes into the goal. What did you t- uh, What did you make of the Connor Cody substitution at halftime? To me, that was, um, I was a bit of surprised with him taking Connor Cody up. He said it was a tactical decision. Um, did we go to a back four or was it still a back five with Bolly playing in the middle? It, it was still a, a back five, wasn't it? You had um, Toti and then Bolly in the middle and then Johnny sort of, it's almost like a hybrid, isn't it? When we've, when we've got the ball, it's a back four and, and Johnny pushes on to the right. But when we haven't got the ball, he tucks him to the centre half and Chiquinho was being asked to, to drop back into wing back. I mean, we were horribly, horribly exposed by Manchester City when we were trying that on. On Wednesday night, well, I, for the life of me, and, I'm sh- and we need to talk about the uh, the Manchester City girl because, for the life of me, I could not understand why we played Manchester City, and we had Totti Gomez on the bench, and he played um, Johnny Otto at right centre back, and then Chiquino as a wing back, because Chiquino I think did great, but he, you want him forward. And it was kind of like, that's what we used to do with Traore. It was bizarre for me. And all those first couple of goals were coming down that side where they're obviously playing out of position. And you do that against a, a City team. And no wonder we were getting sliced. I thought they settled into the game, but it was still a vulnerability. And I, 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 that was a bizarre decision for me. Yeah, no, it was. And I think, again, it's it, question marks over the manager, isn't it? We've talked a lot about, you know, some of his team selections and, and tactics. He, he seems to be very sort of, you know, very left field. Sometimes you'll do something and everyone's going, oh, you know, and sometimes it works and you think oh, that was quite quite a good thing to do. But then other times it, it goes horribly wrong. And, and I think, again, the Cody substitution yesterday, I, I'll, I'll get the reasoning behind it. I thought if anyone, I thought Bolly was worse than Cody in the first half. So if you're going to take a centre half off. Well, that, that's it. It's a tactical substitution, but he's took yeah. the centre um, centre back off. And then replaced him with Bolly. Yeah, go and if you're going to do that, go back four. You know, and, and that's what I thought. But we said have a go. Was it a back yeah. four? Is it? You know. Yeah, because actually, you know, a lot of people I spoke to after the Manchester City game, yes, we were disappointed that we got a bit of a hammering in the end, but there was a, a genuine sort of feeling. At least we had a go. At least we tried something different. It didn't work, and we were horribly out- outclassed. And, and there's no shame in losing to Manchester City, really. But you know, sometimes you you got to. Have a go, haven't you? Really, we could have looked at West Ham. Yeah, I mean, we could have sat back against Manchester City and defended for ninety minutes and still got beat three or four. They're just that good. So at least we tried something. I thought when we got back to one-one, I thought hey, we, something something's going to happen here, and it just didn't. We we didn't keep it tight enough for long enough, did we? we it was two-one very very quickly after, and then three-one, and and you know it we, was a good goal that Wolves scored as well. It was the best goal of the game in, ter- in terms of the passing movement. You know, counter attack out to Neto, great cutback and. I think Dendonka scuffs it a little bit, but but sometimes that's better than hitting it clean, isn't it? Because it run foots the goalkeeper sometimes and, and it squeezes in. But yeah, it was, I think it, it's hard to to kind of justify what what Bruno did because it, it went really badly wrong. But in those are the kind of games where you know you've got to try and almost run foot them, haven't you? You know, Guardiola will, will be so well researched on what we're going to do, what we're about. If you do something slightly different, it might catch them out for 10, 15, 20 minutes. 
you know, it, it was interesting when we played Chelsea the other week uh, at Stamford Bridge. We did something slightly different. And within two minutes, Thomas Tuchel was on the edge of the technical area pointing to players. So it took him a couple of minutes to suss out what we were doing that was different to what he was expecting. So sometimes it doesn't happen very quickly. The managers go, oh, hang on, they've tried something different here. Let's sort that out. But I think actually the, the way that we started the game did catch them cold a little bit, but it was just they were too good in the end. Well, I think conceding the, the second goal so quickly after we'd equalised, the, the crowd yeah. were up and then it was like, oh, we're back behind again. I think that kind of knocked the stuffing out. Um, your man of the match and your performance rating from this one? Um, man of the match from Norwich, I'm going to go with Toti Gomez. I thought he was um, he's the one player that came in and, and really staked a claim and said, you know what, this manager's forgot about me, but I'm still here and I'm still ready to do a job. I don't think he's let anyone down, has he? In the games that he's played, he's been really solid. You could argue he could have came into the team earlier, but but he's, he's in now. And, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be unhappy if he started against Liverpool. I know it's going to be a very, very different test against Salah and Firmino and, and Mane and Jota and Diaz compared to, to Norwich. But but let's give him a go and see what see what he's made of, you know. So he'd get my man of the match vote, definitely, Toti Gomez. Performance rating, I'm going to go, I'm going to go five. It was it was very average. It was very end of season, very you know half paced. Players sort of thinking of the holidays and from both teams. To be fair, you know it wasn't just us, was it? They they were they were pretty average as well. Um, little moment, like I said, little moments of excitement, little glimpses. I thought Neto. What was your moment of the day? Um, moment of the day. I think the the tackle by by Toti Gomez. That was brilliant. Down, down, down by, right down by the North Bank. Yeah, he, he must have sprinted thirty Crunching yards. And absolutely, that's what you want, isn't it? It's yeah. like great timing. It was crunch, won the ball fairly, great timing, and you yeah. think, wow, this kid, you know, it's a bit like Chiquino and Totti Gomez. They're like a breath of a breath of fresh air. They want it so bad. Yeah, and, but, but you uh, could kind of you could kind of feel the crowd were waiting for something to get behind, whether it was a a tackle, a run, a, a great chance, something like that. And that was kind of it, wasn't it? He perked the crowd up, just just in you know that commitment and and desire to go and win the ball, just really spiked the crowd, and everyone went, yeah, we, you know, we, we're up for this now. And and sometimes we've said this before, haven't we? That's all it takes, you know. Sometimes it, people go, oh, they're waiting to be entertained. The crowd, not really. We're waiting to see some passion and some hunger and desire. And 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 I think he showed that in in bucket loads yesterday. Toti Gomez, he, did, I think he was really really was good. good. Adrian yeah. Richards has got a question. Would well, you risk 120 million on Bruno based off the last 12 games? You see, I've been saying that for me, this this summer is going to be huge. And the, the biggest question, also the first question we need to sort out is the manager. Because, and again, I said this to you a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to double down on it. Foson, or whoever's calling the shots, Jeff Shee, Scott Sellers, whoever, they've got to sit down and say, right, is Bruno Large the long term answer for our manager? If he is, if they genuinely believe that, They've got to back into the hilt. If he wants to get rid of nine players and bring nine in, they've got to let him do it. If he wants to get rid of key players, he wants to get rid of long-serving players, whatever, let him do it and let him bring in the players that he wants to play how he wants to play. If they've got any doubts at all or they're not, or they're on the fence or they're not sure about him, move him on. You know, like, like I think Adrian's just said there, the, the form of the recent games has been appalling. It's been a relegation form, hasn't it, the last 10, 11, 12 games. And, and he doesn't quite seem capable of turning it round. You know, there's been a lot of times where we've gone 1-0 down and you've just sort of said, oh, that's the game gone then, isn't it? And, and more often than not, it is, you know. And 
you know, I, I like Bruno. I think you know, right in the table, which I think we'd have all accepted at the start of the season. And, and you know, he hasn't been backed, and there's all sorts of you know. But you're struggling to make a, a compelling case for him to stay, aren't you? You know that that based, that's based the, off the yeah uh, the last twelve games, definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's rumours going around that he's lost the dressing room. That there's something not right there. There's something going on. I mean, you you, you look at the the. Uh, I mean, I've had it said by a few people. There's something not quite right there. Now, this is why I'm saying it. It is a massive summer. There's some big decisions to be made. I mean, someone's mentioned uh, Julian Lopetegui, Wolves, uh, Fosun's initial. Uh, choice. Uh, I don't know if he's even available. I think someone said he's leaving Seville. Would he be the ideal man to come in right now um, and really take a grip? It was Fosun's first choice all that back ago. Or do you go in and then back Bruno? He's he's got us to eighth. That's still it could be ninth by the by the end of next weekend because Leicester are closing in. Bro- Leeds did us a favour with a late goal. Uh, against Brighton, but if they do win and we lose to uh, Liverpool, they could go past us as well on goal difference. So, I mean, right now, if I was to ask you, saying they were both available, would you stick with Bruno or I've got a pair of cards or would you twist and go with uh, Lopetegui? He's done so well at Sevilla. I would twist, I think. I think I would twist. I I, I just think, you know, this it's going to be a huge summer, isn't it? And And... You know, is Bruno the man to, to lead this this revolution? Because it, it's going to be a revolution, isn't it? We're going to have a lot of players out, a lot of players in. Um, I just, I'm, I've got enough doubts in my head to to say, I'm not sure he is. And and if 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 I was running the club, like I've just said to you, if I had any doubts at all about the manager, I would move him on because I, I can't commit that kind of funding to a manager who I might potentially be getting rid of ten games into next season. You just can't do it. So if if Lopetegui is available and he wants to come and and he's got an idea of who he's going to bring in and how he's going to change how we play, then then you've got a twist, haven't you? you? You know, football's ruthless. You know, Jose Sarr's been our Player of the Year for me personally, and I've got no issues with him winning that award. But if a better goalkeeper was available in the summer and wanted to come, you'd sign them, wouldn't you? Because <laughs> it improves because it improves your team. So it's got to be the same with the manager. Even though he's done a good job getting us to eighth, and he's in difficult circumstances, if a better manager is available in the summer, you'd be mad not to go and get them, wouldn't you? You know, so that, that's, you... The bo- that's the bottom line, isn't it? Because football's all about improving. Or twist. When there's an opportunity to improve, you it's have to take twist. it. Stick or twist and you're going to yeah, go I'm, twist. I'm twisting. Fantastic. I'm twisting, uh, Jazza, yeah. thank you very much. He's a Norwich fan. Um, wishing us best to look. At least we've got Premier League football and we do wish Norwich... All the best. By the way, you do know, as a Norwich fan, there is an unwritten rule that you're not allowed to play Fulham because you guys go up and down, up and down, up and down, and you, you never play each other. Mate, that's fantastic. I've got one more, two more questions to ask you uh, before well, we uh, bring in on Jason next. Um, first of all, um, your favourite hot drink? Uh, I'm not, not a massive hot, hot drink person. I'll go with tea. Uh, nice cup of tea. Nice cup of tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice so, tea. and yeah. and finally, this man. Yeah. Look at the. Obviously, there's been a lot made about the, the his face, the eyes, the emotion in his face. There. Do you think he's going? Do you think he'll be here next season? 
and or not? I don't think he'll be here next year. And, and I know people will be upset to, to kind of let him go, which which I think we will. But I think, if we're being honest, he owes us nothing. He, he came in as a, as a bit of an unknown quantity in the Championship. He didn't have to come, did he? He was, he was happy at Porto. Took a risk on his career. It's paid off for him. It's paid off for us. He's given us five fantastic years, some amazing memories, some brilliant goals, some great team performances. But, you know, players like that, they, they're ambitious, you know, and, and we're not in European football. Ruben Neves is more than good enough to be playing European football. He's good enough to be playing Champions League football. And if when we can't offer him that, he's going to want to go, isn't he? The same as Jota did and the same as Traore did. And, and you know, it, it's going to be what, what it is for us, isn't it? You know, we're going to have to attract players at Neves' ability, coach them, improve them, get the benefit from them and then let them go to, to the next level. You know, and, and, and I've got no no bad feelings about Neves if he moves on at all and I wish him well and, and I just hope that, you know, if he does go to another Premier League club, he doesn't score against us like everyone else seems to do when they come back. So, Absolutely. And uh, finally, finally, before you go, thank you to uh, Beyond the 90. I'll definitely take you up on that pizza. <laughs> um, Leicester City. Uh, hoping we can both get to top six next year, which would be amazing for the Midlands as well, and for the uh, and for football, to be honest, in the Premier League, uh, mate. If you're going to sell Neves, and you're the chairman, and he's going two years left on his contract, how much are you letting him go for? I wouldn't let him go for a penny less than sixty-five million. Sixty-five million. Yeah. Jeff Shee, you heard you here first from Jack. Um, if you're going to sell Neves. We want 65 million. Jack, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem. I'm glad you're no feeling problem. a lot better. And thank you. Um, hopefully you can join us next Monday night after um, we've walloped Liverpool. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> he sniggers. He sniggers. Yeah. But um, I'll take it you're going to the away game. Yeah, we'll be. Yeah, yeah last Are you one going to season, see the Wolves women the day before? I'm not sure yet. Obviously, I've been asked a couple of times. People have said, you know, I'll be there, mate. So. Okay, yeah, I'll have a look. I'm yeah. going, I'm going yeah, to yeah. support the women. Uh, staying over in St. Helens okay, on the mate. way to Liverpool, making a weekend of it. So uh, maybe I'll definitely see Anfield, maybe see you uh, in Stockport, the glamorous Stockport. Who, is it right they've just got promoted back to the Football League, Stockport? Is it Stockport? I think he's frozen. Oh, we've lost him. Sorry, Jack, we've lost you. Uh, next up, we have got the legend, the Wolf Whistle charity fundraiser, top bloke, Globetrotter, just been <laughs> over gigging in Las Vegas. Oh. Like, I mean, every time I talk to you, you've just come back from somewhere. You were, um, you were over, you know, with the All-Stars playing over in... in I think it was Tenerife or somewhere like that. I think you were. What, what, and, what it is, Dave? I've had two kids and they're that noisy. <laughs> you need to get I'm away. I'm going on holiday at the minute. Right, and you, how was Vegas? It was, it was very good, actually. It was my friend's 40th and we had a really, really good time and everybody behaved and whatever happened there stays there. At, what happens on the mile stays on the mile. <laughs> Apparently that. But now we had a good time. Great weather. And come back to good weather too. And as soon as I walked through the door, my missus said, "Here's the kids," and um, I've had two days of them screaming. So, absolutely, mate. Well, it's Vegas is one place I, I do want to go one day. So I'm hoping it's it's on my uh, it's on my list 
uh, to go. But it's good to have you back. Uh, obviously, uh, everyone who doesn't know, Jason runs the uh, the really fantastic uh, Wolf Whistle podcast. So uh, make sure you do check that out because he has some great interviews with uh, some Wolves legends. Uh, Jason, uh, you were at the game yesterday. I saw that you uh, you had the flag, Ruben Neves flag. Yeah, I mean, I think I've got to retire that flag because the last time I used it was the semi-final against Watford. And then uh, I dusted it down and brought it out. Listen, uh, for me, um, I, I pretty much knew in my heart of hearts that that was going to be uh, Ruben Neves' last game at Molyneux. And I think the pictures at the end, when he's depicted with tears in his eyes, said it all. Because, listen, he's not crying because we've missed out on Europe. He's not crying because we haven't had a particularly uh, good end to the season. He's crying because he's off. I mean, look, that, that's evident. It doesn't need me to tell you that. that that's evident. Um, and, you know, I mean, we'll get that question out of the way first. It's a shame to see him go. It is. But if you think about it, we was in the championship when he come. And uh, it was a huge, huge risk, as um, Jack previously said, because if he comes into the championship and doesn't perform, where does he go from there? You know, oh, he stutters his career. But listen, he ripped it up in the championship, went into the Premier League, done exactly the same. He owes us nothing. He can leave with his head held extremely high. You know, he's only going to look at what Jota's doing at Liverpool. And he wants to do the same. He wants medals. He ain't going to get medals at Wolves, is he? Let's be realistic. And all these Wolves fans saying, oh, yeah, we, we should be, you know, going for the top six. There's no one more than me that wants top six football. But we've got to be realistic. We have got um, we've got an, a, a capacity of 30-odd thousand. We're not going to attract the biggest players in the world. We've got to think of the revenue that these 30,000 people are bringing into the club as well. And it's not as much as a, as a club which gets double our attendance, 60-odd thousand. So we, we've got to be very realistic in our um, in our expectations. Listen, I for me, I think he's going to go and have a fantastic career. It's at the peak of his career now. He deserves a big money move at this age, 25 years of age. Um, and listen, it could be a dream move for him. He's already set up for life anyway, but... He deserves this move. I don't know who it's going to be to. Yes, I'd prefer to see him go abroad. But if he goes to Barcelona, what we're going to get? A few bit part players that they don't want because they've got no cash to give us. So I've got a hunch it might be Man United. I might be wrong, but listen, that's just what I that's just what I'm feeling at the minute. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I mean what you're saying. I mean, every single Wolves fan, you know, we're quite we've got an emotional attachment to Neves. Yeah, uh, just because of the way he is, the way he's coming you know, to Wolves when he was a very young man and taking us to where he's, he's done over 200 uh, appearances. The interview that he gave about when he retires, he'll want to come back here. He's got a Wolf tattoo. He's had some yeah. other moments that have... But it, Wolves clearly means a great deal to him. And, of course, he's been bringing up his young family as well. And he's got he, he has got a massive attachment to... Oh. The city, the club, the fans, and you could see that. I mean, if you've got an attachment to something and you've been somewhere for five years of your life as a young man developing, yeah. and then you've just played a game on that pitch that could be the last time you ever put the shirt on in Molyneux and all the fans were singing his name, you know, you're going to be emotional. And I think that shows what Wolves means to him. But he probably will go. You don't know if he's definitely going to go. Well, you, you don't. But, but like I said, by the tears, I think that gives it away, really. Um, 
and, and what's 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 keeping him at Molyneux really, Dave? Yes, he, he, you know, he obviously loves the city. Um, we've we've took him as one of our own. You know, he, he conducts himself fantastically well off the pitch. I believe his, his children have all been brought up in England, probably born in Portugal. You know, but they've all been brought up in England, so it's obviously you know a huge wrench for him to leave. But we can't offer him anything. No, um, he didn't even he, get in Europe Conference League. And, and there's people saying, give him a lifetime contract, flipping 200 grand a week. It's not about the money to him. No. He's going to get that money wherever he goes. It's not about the money, but it's about a chance of winning medals, competing at the top. He wants to test himself. He wants to play in World Cups. He wants to play um, in the Champions League. And he's a Champions League player. You know, he's listen, he's, he's, he's a world-class player. Um, if Wolves are struggling in the bottom half next season, going on the form of the last eight games, and we're in the bottom half, What's to say he's not going to be picked in the Portugal squad? He's got to think of all these factors, Dave. Yeah. And then yeah. and then your other problem is that the values start dropping. Mm-hmm. So as we've seen with Truri, he's gone to Barcelona and we're all thinking, no, 30 million quid, Barcelona, haven't got a pot to in. And now and now we're looking at probably 20 million quid for him. I know. Which it, is 2 million looking. more than what we paid. I mean, question for you, right now, um, would you swap? Triori for Trincao, based and Trincao signed a contract, and obviously you've got definite value there. Would you do at, that at the minute, Dave? I'd probably swap Triori, Carol, and and listen, I, you know, I jest. Um, but with Triori, he doesn't want to be at the club anyway. So no. listen, Trincao got that. You know, it was a good finish against Chelsea. Is he strong enough for me? Is he consistent enough? Probably Is not. He played in the right formation though, under large at the moment. Well, Would- would that four three four two three one formation suit him better? Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, I think it probably would suit him better, to be honest, Dave. But listen, Troy doesn't want to be at the club. He's made that pretty clear. Um, and listen, if they don't want to be at the club, we don't want him here, do we? A hundred percent. No, you want players that are, are fully committed. Before we um, we move on to a couple of key questions, um, yeah. and I will ask Neil's question on uh, Bruno Lars before we get into the game in a second. If Trior is uh, sorry, if Neves is going, yeah, and you're Jeff, yeah, and what are you gonna what are you gonna accept to say that'll satisfy the fan base, that'll satisfy that works for all parties? What are you going for as a as a as a fee? I think realistically, uh, uh, listen, I, I know Jack's just said sixty five million. Listen, sixty five million would be unbelievable business, but I think on what we're signing for, fifteen million. If we can treble the value and get more than Jota, so if we get anywhere near £50 million, that's good business for a player who's got two years left on his contract. Obviously, my natural fear is, um, with, 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 with what we're doing with the Jota money, to be fair, um, I think it's got to be invested well. And we've got to do our business early. It's no good with a week to go deciding... 100%, go. Jason. 100% agree. We can't dilly or dally or... No. Pee in the wind and all this. No. We've got to. We've literally got to. Got to strike and show yeah. our intent early doors. We've got to go for it, and we've got to get the players rather than faffing about dilly dallying. Uh, we have. We can't we be we'll end up with second, third, fourth choices no. again. And we can't be dealing with Daniel Levy at Spurs offering us twenty-five million and all that caper. Um, I think we've got to have a good, solid bid on the table. Uh, you know, I, I think fifty million is fair. I, I you know, I, I do. Um, and you've got to think this is a player now who doesn't necessarily want away, but he's moving away. So yeah. fifty million, I think that's fair for all parties concerned. Where do you think he'll end up, Jace? I, I think Man United. That's my hunch because Barcelona—they've proved they've got no money unless they're just blagging us because they don't want to sign Traore because they know what we now know. 
um, and they was thinking like we did, or we get the best out of him. He's going to be a world beater, as Villa did, as Middlesbrough did. Um, it's it's just not happening for him, is it? But listen, Troy will go somewhere and, and, and do well, and I hope he does, but I just can't see it in a wool shirt. But, but I also don't want three or four big part Barcelona players to just make weight in the deal and just to bolster our squad up and give Bruno Large a bigger squad with players that he might not necessarily pick. So it's about quality. It's about quality. We do need quantity. Don't forget there are next season there will be the opportunity to have five subs. I know you have to do it in three yeah. phases. Yeah. But that yeah. means you need a bigger squad. It's hit us hard in the last part of the season when we've lost the likes of Semedo, Kilman, Neves, Daniel Pedence, who I think is such a key player for us uh, yeah. going yeah. forward. And I do think we need to think. But um, Neil, um, asked the, I'll ask the same question of you that we asked of um, Jack. Uh, would you trust um, Bruno Lard with a £120 million war chest? And if you had the opportunity and it was about, and, and say Lopetegui was Fosun's first thing, I was thinking he's leaving Sevilla, tell yeah. me if I'm wrong, and he had the opportunity and you're the chairman to bring in Lopetegui, or would you stick with Bruno or would you twist and go with Lopetegui? So my take on it is, with regards to Bruno Large, if you'd have, well, you, I think you did ask me the question two or three weeks ago, in Bruno we trust. Um there's a very similar pattern emerging to what happened at Benfica, where he had an unbelievable run. We haven't had the unbelievable run that Benfica had, but then he petered out at the end. And I'm not going to say he's lost the dressing room, because Dave, let's be honest, we'll never know. But something isn't quite right. There's something amiss. Um, and I, I just tend to think that, um, it, listen, if, if, we, if he's got 100 plus million quid to spend, would you give it him? I, I don't think you would if there's someone like Lopetago available. And I think you would, you would take the chance. Listen, even though uh, we've, I mean, look at the, we've, it's relegation form, one win in eight. The last six games, we've got a goal down, right? Now, we still had, we still had good players out on the pitch. We haven't been putting out a, 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 a drastically weakened side. We still had a, a, we still had a good side out on the pitch, but, and they've had a lot to play for the last few games. That's what annoys me. When we've played teams oh, like. Frustration, Jason. Uh, we Burnley wanted it more than us. Leeds clearly wanted it more than us. Um, Norwich, I think they wanted it more than us, and they've got literally nothing to play nothing for. Nothing but pride. And you know, I'm not saying you know, arguably, could we even if we'd have beat Norwich, are we going to get into Europe? Probably not. But it's just like a few of the players have down tools, and that disappoints me. And that's what leads me to think that um, the relegation form. It, listen, if this run had been going on since Christmas. We'd be in real trouble. Uh, yeah, because I don't think we've got a team that could fight the way out of trouble. Now, what was pleasing to see with Totti Gomez was that crunching tackle. Now, I'm just going to put a comparable in Marchal. Now, Marchal, um, for me, I thought he was going to be a real shit ass. I thought he was going to come in, be a master of the dark arts, get stuck in, be flipping, tweaking players' armpits. I thought he'd be a real bruiser. I haven't seen him do, do a tackle like that in all the games. Oh, the Wolves. Chikino tackle, fantastic. Yeah, not just, you know, Totti Gomez. Unbelievable yeah. challenge, but he seemed to want it. And that's players like that who you want in the team. And in training, if, if Kundal wants it more, put Kundal in instead of Matinho, whoever. Listen, Matinho had a great game. I'm just he saying did. that. Um, that player in a similar position. Brought out the score and then, oh, and everyone went, oh, the, the gasp when he did that. Yeah. 
but you need you need the players on the pitch who want it more. And uh, you look at Raul Jimenez, and for me, he, I don't know, he just seems in second gear at the minute. Um, he doesn't seem to be pushing it. The goal scoring for me, I've gone on about it week on week, Dave. This is the this is why we're in the position we're in. We go goal behind. Who's going to score? Who's going to who's going to bring us back into the game? I don't know, mate. It's... We don't know where we don't know where the goals are coming from. We've missed Pedence massively, by the way, because he can massively, make things happen massively, massively. He really is. I love Pedence. It was great to see him back on the pitch. I mean, I think we've got some good forwards potentially uh, going into next year. When you look at Chikino, uh, who again, I mean, the, the the boy for me has got a massive future in football. He's got so much pace. He's yep. he's got control. He's got he, he, he tracks back, he, he goes into the tackles, and God, he can cross the ball, mate. Yeah. Cross a ball. Yeah, his crossing's better than Trowe's already. And they've been working I mean, on Trowe's for three seasons. Pedro Neto nearly scored. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But 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 why why was Huang picked over Chiquinha? I don't know, mate. I was really, really surprised with regards to that. Uh, what did you think of the lineup against Manchester City, the defensive uh Johnny Otto and Chiquino. Um... Listen, the, the only thing about Man City, listen, we went a goal down and we listen, we knew that was going to happen because it happens every game anyway. But when we come back so quickly, I thought, hang on a sec. And it reminded me of the nights under the lights at Molyneux when Jota was firing on all cylinders, Raul was there. And, and it, I thought, could it be that night? But then 2 1 3 1 4 1 5 1. Listen, we're, my, we're years away from Man City. So when Jeff... years. Listen, when Jesse come out with that comment, oh, 10 years are going to be like Man City, flipping heck, it's going to be 20 years, is it? I'm judging on what we've seen. We've got to be realistic. And I think we have got to be realistic in terms of, you know, where we're going to be in the next two, three, four years even. Um, and I think we do need to have communication from the club because that has been really, really poor. And all it does is cause infighting on social media. Um <laughs> You know, there needs to be some clear parameters from the club. Where are we going? What are we doing? Because right now, I think we don't know who, who, who we're selling, who's potentially coming in. You know, I know there's going to be a lot of paper talk, but we literally, we, we, we ain't got a clue. No, exactly. And I want to just clarify what I mean by that, Paul Harris. I know we've got the lowest uh, goal scores and it's in thingy. I look at the likes of Pedro Neto. I look at the likes of Daniel Pedence. I look at the likes of uh, Chiquino. I look yeah. at them and I think that in the right system, and we do need goal scorers around them as well. Yeah. I think they could provide goals there, like wide forwards. You know, I mean, uh, what, what do you see what I'm saying, Jason? Listen, if you had a front three on their day of Neto, Pedence, and Raul, there's goals on their yeah. day. But Raul seems to me to, 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 to be off the boil. Obviously, Pedence has been injured. Neto's coming back from a serious injury. But Neto is getting stronger and stronger each you game. You saw that, didn't you? Yeah. And I think next season is really going to kick on. And I, and I hope he does because that's another thing. Then come the end of next year, we'll be saying goodbye to, to Pedro Neto. And then the year after, we'll be saying goodbye to Kilman. And, you know, we can't have that, Dave. We've got to build the squad around certain players. We're never going to keep Nevers anyway, realistically. He's given us five years of his career. We should be grateful for that. Every year, for the but, last two or three years, we've been saying it and expecting it. You know, he's given us more than service. Yeah. And if he does get the move, you can't blame him. Do you think, um, do you think it, Raul's come to, you know, as much as we've loved him and he's given and everything, has Raul, is, is, is Raul now... I mean, look, Dave... to be replaced? 
how, how much time do you give a player? It's the Premier League. You can't give you can't give a striker two, you know, a, a split second in the Premier League. You make a mistake in the Premier League, you're a goal down. How long do we have to wait for our strikers to come good? And there was a comment that I saw the other week after I've been on about, about Silva. How can you compare Silva to Raul? Silva hasn't played as many minutes and games. I get it. Silva has played in enough games to score a goal this season. Enough minutes on the pitch, but he hasn't scored. So it's indefensible. I'm sorry, but it doesn't matter. You know, even so if he's played. We need, you, you basically, we need a new, we, we need someone who's going to lead the line. And it's Massively, not, and it's not Fabio next year. We, we need something. But back to your question on 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 Raúl Jiménez. Um, maybe Dave, because um, he he doesn't look the player he was. And you know, I, there was a rumor on Twitter. We 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 you know we we're looking for around fifteen million for him. You know what? I think fifteen million at his age would be decent business for us if we yeah, could bring in a player. Thirty-one, thirty-two now. Well, yeah, I think fifteen million would be good business. Do I particularly want to see him go? Not really, but I think uh, at this stage of the journey, we can't we can't be too sentimental, and that's an easy thing to do. And, and, and it was someone put a great point about John Ruddy, right? You know, that was a sentimental. He hasn't, he hasn't brought him in because he's a better keeper than Saar. He's brought him in to play against Norwich because uh, he used to play for Norwich, and because he's he's been a good servant to the club at Wolves, and he's possibly moving on, and. Listen, when you've still got things to play for in the Premier League, I don't like to see things like that. Players have enough adulation. They do throughout their career. Highs and lows, I get it. Um, I, I don't think there's any room for sentiment when there's still a sniff of Europe. And especially when we're drawing one all against Norwich City at home, who go down every other season. Please. Mate, I love you to bits, man. I love the way you just say how it is. And that's why I love having you come on to this show, mate, because you just say it in the right way without effing and blinding and stuff like that, you'd put it across in such a good way. You're right. When you look at it in the, in the cold light of day, there is no time for sentiment. And when you look at the managerial position, Bruno Large or someone like Lopetegui, if he was available, there's no time for sentiment. You've, you know, I, I think the Wolves fans, and obviously there's been a, a rise in the season ticket prices. I mean, what's your view? Um, I mean, you you're in WV one, aren't you? I mean, I don't know what the prices are there. What is your view on the uh, the season ticket prices? Listen, it, it, once again, it's a difficult one. Day you've got to look at the demographic we're in. Wolverhampton isn't the most affluent area um, of the country, but we're also seeing some unbelievable players coming in. We never even dreamt and thought of, you know, Matinho, Neves, Raúl Jiménez. You know, we've just named them all tonight. And I think realistically, thanks, Paul. I think realistically, um, I think it's, it's it's pretty fair. You're never going to keep everyone happy because yeah. if if they're, if they're not hundred quid off the season ticket prices, you're going to have a, a set to the fan base going, oh, well, we ain't got no money for transfers now. We ain't got no money for esports. <laughs> um, look, you, the, the the club can't win if they'd have froze the prices, maybe. But then, look, they've got to put the prices up now because. They're, you know, we, we, we've got to compete, haven't we? The biggest problem is, though, the fact that we've only got, a, 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 like I said, um, a stadium that holds 30,000 people. And for me, we've had ideal and ample opportunity to extend the ground. And I, listen, in my opinion, I'd have extended the ground and actually made the prices a little bit cheaper. And I think that would have got more people through the door, more people interested. Um, 
obviously bigger crowds. That would have been well, that, that's the uh, the six hundred million dollar question, isn't it? About um, you know, you see Leicester are already laying plans to expand their t- thing. Yeah. Villa the same. Yeah, lots of teams are looking to expand the stadium, and obviously it brings in the revenue. Yes, and uh, I think this is another one of these little niggly frustrations with Wolves fans that Fosen have talked the talk about you know yeah. into the top. You know, X amount, and I mean, I don't want to say in any way that I think Foson have done a fantastic job for Wolves up until yeah. this point. But like, you look at the stadium redevelopment, and you know, the, the Steve Bull stand. You know, you've talked about it. We've talked about it. The, the facilities aren't great, no. and it's about how they expand the stadium and invest in the team. Do they stay where they are? Do they move it? What you know? But we don't. We don't seem to know what's happening with no, it. That's it. I mean. You, You've just told me Leicester's plans. We don't even know what Wolves' plans are. And, and we're, we're, we're Wolves fans and we're constantly on social media. We're constantly getting updates uh, from, you know, reliable sources. Yeah, we don't even know what's going on. And uh, uh, listen, there's there's going to be that old argument coming up as well soon and people will shoot me down for this. Should we move? Should we move? Look, I, do I really want to see us move from Molyneux? Of course I don't. But we've got to be realistic and football's a changing game. And are we going to be at Molyneux in 50, 60, 70 years anyway? Probably not. Um, look, if it has to move, and it, you know, people are probably going to shoot me down now. But I, I worry about the fact that, you know, how, how much can we grow? The expectation levels are huge at this club now. And I just don't think we've got the, the, the stadium as it is at the minute to match it. That's my opinion. And if we was towards the bottom half next season, started off badly, are we going to be even getting 30,000 through the door, Dave? Because we know how sick of Wolves fans can be. Very fair. Someone made a point. 17,000 in the in the uh, thing. I mean, what do you think is the ideal capacity for a top Premier League Wolves side? I mean, what what where, um, what where sort of size stadium would you think oh, would be bang on? Realistically, I think it couldn't be anywhere over 45,000. We've got to be realistic. Yeah, we, don't be sta- we don't want to be in a stadium like Dewey and see flipping 10,000, 15,000 gold seats. Oh, but I think 45,000, that gives a chance for our 15,000 people that are on the waiting list to all get a ticket, Dave. I, to, to be honest, Jason, I, I'm, I, I'm bang on. I think 45,000 would yeah. be a bang on. Um, I think uh, I think it would I think it would be good because you know you see some of the German clubs how they've uh, they've got more people through the door and they've got the prices. People come to spend more on food and drink. They buy more yeah. merchandise. They buy other things because they're coming to the game. They're more yeah. invested. So you you get the money back on that. And I think we do need to be getting answers from. We do need to be getting answers from Wolves. What is happening with the stadium? Are, yeah. are we just going to keep saying, like, oh, it's not going to happen? Or is it something going to actually happen with it? You know, we need to know. We need to sort of see what is the timeline. It keeps getting deferred and deferred and deferred. Now, yes, they have to invest in the team. And, yes, this summer is massive. And I think I don't think the owners are going to get away with dilly-dallying no. This season, we got away with it in January because it's a tough month. January, okay, the logs of Newcastle and stuff, you know, had to spend, but we 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 were winning, and because we were on, we, we were we were playing so well, and we were Bruno won Manager of the Month. The grumblings weren't there. Had we had a a January like we'd had a, a March and an April, it would have been they wouldn't have got away with it. So this summer, I completely it, agree. It, it, they've got to they've got to invest. I'm looking forward to hearing 
the Ask Wolves series and what's going to come out of that. Yeah. But we do yeah. know, I mean, I have asked, um, you know, I've been asked Russell to come on the channel and stuff like this, and I'd love to get them, a, a, get some Wolves hierarchy on here, having a direct interview with the fans, not with watered down questions and, and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. And all these sort of things, and come on, talk to us, and, you know, yeah. in the right way. We're not going to, you know, and actually so, talk direct and not filter all the questions out. Wolves put a thing on today about some sustainable partner, right? So clearly, everybody then gives them pelters. Oh, we, we'd rather have a sustainable player, a sustainable team. And I get it. But that's the thing. They're always so quick to give us that news and be so open and upfront and honest and give us all that about esports and that, which I'm not saying is a bad thing. And Wolves records and all this. This is brilliant. You know, if it grows the brand, I get it. But... We also need some clarity on what's going on with the first team instead of showing pictures of silver at training, pinging the ball in the top corner. We, we you know, I think we need we need some more clarity on which way the club's going because at the minute it's like rambling along. Go, you know, we're happy with where we are. And but listen, Dave, you know, it's it's just a frustration. The way we finished this season, we shouldn't be in eighth position. The way we finished it is... Not sure we will be after the weekend, to be oh, fair. No, I don't think we will and be. The thing about the season tickets, which is fine, and, I, 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 you know, generally I think the fans have kind of, like, gone along with it. It wasn't as much as a can. They've done... They've took some bits off in terms of the, the cost of buying a ticket, the, uh, the yeah. service fee or whatever it is, and they've done various different things to sort of thing. And I'm sure Darren is going to talk to us more about this from the Supporters Trust who's coming on uh, later on in the show at making his debut because obviously he's the chairman of the uh, the 1877 Wolves Trust, the new chairman, and that would be interesting to get his feedback from the membership on that. But, like, if Wolves drop down a position from 8th to 9th, we've, we've gained a million pounds from the ticket sales. We'd lose yeah. two million for a place. I know. It's, it's, it's just... Like, it's, it's two million pounds for a place. It could be four million. We could drop to tenth, and we got one million. So we—that's why. Why didn't we go and beat Norwich, Dave? We've had so much to play for over these last eight games. So much to play for. Um, and look, we have never going to get anything out of Man City. Lucky to get anything out of Chelsea. But you got to look at the other games. There were some winnable games there. There was a good. There was a good 10, 12 points on the table that we could have comfortably got, which would have put us into Europe, but more importantly is well, if we're going to look at finances, that would have given us an extra two million quid a place, whatever. Um, and, and then the European money as well. Well, there, there you go. We wouldn't have to penny pinch, would we? And we wouldn't have to, you know, offer the fans the, the fact that, you know, if they're paying direct debit, they don't get the charge or whatever it was that they offered them. And it, it, it's things like that. Listen, all they're trying to do is appease the fans. Just trying to give them a bit of a make weight. Look, we're putting the prices up, but this is why. I think the prices, as I've said, I don't think they've gone up too badly. And if we want to compete, we've got to expect that if we want to sign all these players. But they've got to they've got to back it up in the transfer window in the summer. 100%. 100%. If we sell Neves or give him to Barcelona for a few players, but if we sell Neves for 50 million card old readies, we need to invest that money wisely. We can't spend that on, a, on an untried, untested £35 million player naming our names. We can't do that again. We can't because, you know, silver's value now. What, what is silver's? I'll ask you the question. What's silver worth? Well, it ain't worth 35 million at the moment, is it? You'd be lucky to get 10 at the moment. Uh, I mean, he has got the potential of his age and all that sort of jazz. But yeah, I mean, his value is not going to be the same, which is why they won't send him out on loan, which is why, 
you know, they need him to play games. And you've seen that Silva can be a player. Yeah. And mate, I think he can be a player in the right system with the right players around him. Um, but he's still a young lad learning his trade. He is. So we shouldn't have paid £35 million pounds for the player. paid £15 million for him, people would be more accepting. I mean, he did get voted player of the month for, um, um, was it March or April uh, as well? Player did, of the month. Did, did fans we win a game him. in April, Dave? Did we win a game in April? No. We just should have given John Ruddy. <laughs> John Ruddy. Mate, your um your performance rating, your man of the match, and your moment of the day. Uh performance rating, it's actually listen, I might as well give you Jax. It is Totty, man of the match. Uh five out of ten as well. Um it, it, there was just nothing inspiring me at all. I always look forward to the, the, the last game of the season. Um and there's been many seasons I've watched the Wolves where there's been nothing to play for, but it's uh, it's it's normally a sunny day at the Molyneux. And we normally end up on a high. There's so many end-of-season games that I can remember quite clearly. I'm not going to remember this one. But no. the uh, the moment of the match for me was obviously that crunching tackle from Totti because finally someone was out there showing a bit of passion. And that player literally should have been playing two months ago because he, he's just come in. He wants it. Strong, powerful, hungry. And that's what we've been craving for. Yeah, and these are the sort of positives that I'll go into next season. I do think we need to invest in centre-backs, by the way. I'm not saying we yeah. don't, but Totti Gomez, you know, and Chiquino, and Neto coming back to form, and hopefully yeah. a fully fit Pedence. Um, and obviously the midfield is, you know, Matinho might go with... Soyis was quite emotional. I mean, he was really, really taken in the Molyneux. Uh, oh, yeah. The last person to leave with his son and something. I mean, you have to say as well to remain Soyis is oh. a character. He's given everything for the club. He might now start to, his star is definitely fading and he hasn't been the same since AFCON, but he played in midfield. He's played at, you know, on the left hand side, he's played in the central of defence. He's always given everything and you'll never, yeah. ever forget the Middlesbrough game where he was a plank on the back. Absolutely gave everything for the cause yeah. that day. Dave, he's been an unbelievable servant for the club. He's one of the unsung heroes and he's one of them players because he's not picking it from 30 yards. You know, we're not having his name on the back of our shirts. But nonetheless, he's been a fantastic player for Wolves. I do want to do two quick mentions while I'm on, uh, Dave. Very quickly, he's a guy who listens to all your podcasts and watches uh, all your shows. A lad called Gary Burton, good friend of mine. He'd done the electrics right. in my house. So I'm just, I'm surprised that they've actually stayed on. So he's... He, <laughs> He's a top lad, by the way. And the other one, uh, great bit of news today. Jake Daniels at Blackpool, 17-year-old oh, yes. man, uh, has come out as gay. And uh, listen, we've been watching football days 30-odd years. There has been tens of gay players that have been too frightened to come out. And finally, the bravest of them all, a 17-year-old uh, lad at Blackpool, has come out as gay. I think that is fantastic for the, for the game. I really, really do. Well overdue, yeah, and uh, it's you know he's had a lot of positives for actually uh, coming out and doing that because you know your, your sexuality, whatever it is, it it is your sexuality, and um, the fact that he's come out at seventeen, you know, hopefully that it breaks that glass ceiling, um, and it's yeah. you know it should be accepted, whatever whatever it is, you know, you go out there, you wear the shirt, it doesn't matter, your race, your religion. Your sexuality yeah. or anything, it doesn't matter. I agree. You wear the shirt, you play for your club, and uh, that's all that matters. So, yeah, well said. And uh, hi to Gary. Um, yeah, Gary. Well. Fantastic. And to finish off on the big question, your favourite hot drink? 
favourite hot drinks, got to be builder's tea, one sugar. Builder's tea, I like mine like gravy. I like it where you can put a spoon in the cup and it, it, it just stands up. I like <laughs> thick, dark tea. I love anyway. it, mate. I love it, mate. And uh, brilliant, Jason. I love having you on, man. I really, I really, really Dave, do. Love, love having you on. on. Top, top lad. And uh, check out uh, the Wolf Whistle podcast because it is brilliant. I listen to every episode myself. Um, good, and it's, it is really, really, really good. So make sure you do check out that. And hopefully, Jason, you can join us next Monday to yeah. talk about uh, the, the the shock of the season. <laughs> I'll, I'll have a cricket scoreboard behind me. Because if Man City <laughs> beat us 5-1, it's going to be at least 6 Right, are you are you at that one? I'm not sure if you. Oh, do you know or... what? I haven't yet because I've just got back from Vegas. If I if I tell my missus that I'm going to Liverpool next week, I might be. She might kick me out. I might be uh, moving in with you, Dave. I'll have to sit just to the left. You will have to. Oh, you be into week. that property that you've uh, you put on oh, social? Been, uh, it looks nice. It did as well. Uh, yeah, thank you. But um, yeah, if I go to Liverpool next week, um, I might be getting divorced. <laughs> You're a funny man, I love it I'm glad you had a great time in Vegas mate. Thank I you. look forward to catching up with you in person At some point and, uh, I, I may see you at Liverpool If not, I will be uh, chatting At the final extra time of the season Next Monday evening Jason, absolutely brilliant contribution as always Thank you so Cheers, much Dave. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant uh, so that's Jason. Oh, I love having him on. I, I really do. He just always says it how it is, and uh, he's got such personality. As I say, check out the Wolf Whistle podcast. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, next up, uh, last but uh, last but one tonight, we've got Josh, friend of the show, uh, and then we're bringing up up the rear, waiting patiently in the green room. We're going to have Daniel. As I say, we'll, we'll be talking about the uh, the Wolves Trust. Just before we get on to uh, on to talking to you, Joss, in more depth, I just want to mention the competition uh, that we've got on from Football Prizes uh, at the moment. The link is in the uh, is in the description, and it's, you're available to enter. I think there's a hundred or something entries that you can get in. It's three ninety five to enter, and it's uh, winning a signed. Connor Cody's shoe, but there are some instant win prizes along with uh, a Wang He Chan signed boot and uh, Dendonka memorabilia, as long with some other free entries as well. So that's in the description below if you want to get involved in that. Um, and then getting you back on the screen, Josh, um, again, brilliant to have you back, mate. I much appreciate you coming on the show. And um, what are your, um, your thoughts after the weekend? Just depleted. The season's done in it now, and it's just it's just frustrating the way it's gone. It, it really is. It's just you'd have thought you'd have gone into the. Well, I said to my brother, you'd have gone into that week Norwich game and saying, "No offense to him, but I know they're down." But just to show some fight from the players and the team and the squad, stick four or five past them. But it, it, it wasn't going to happen, was it? You're exactly right. I, I, I'm just going to say a big hi to Jamie Howell, who I was at work and um, I basically I didn't know he was a Wolves fan, but I, I went into a costume up near an appointment and I started saying, because I always know how hard the people at Costa work, because they're just always 100 mile an hour. And I was saying, and then he came over after with my cup of tea and he turns out he's a Wolves fan and watched my channel. It was absolutely brilliant. So big hi to you, Jamie. Thank you for the support. Yeah, mate, you're absolutely right. I mean, it was it was a bit, a little bit like that. I mean, what did you make of the, um, you know, the the, the formation and the the, the sub of uh, 
you know, Connor at half time? Um, so the formation was expected, and I was a bit surprised with Ruddy, to be honest. I know it's his last, it'll be his last game. Um, but I was, I was surprised with that. Um, I was happy Toti come in, and he'd be evidently proved why he should should be playing because he was brilliant. Um, then it was just just Wang again. Why? We bought him, by the way. We are buying yeah. him. For tw- maybe it'll be we're buying for twelve million, and we'll do that like we did with um, Benicafobe. <laughs> for thirteen, he just hasn't done anything really since. Whether it's the formation, I don't, I don't know. He doesn't. See, he hasn't really. He started really well. I know he's South Korean, and we've got being building up the South Korean audience, and they will shout, sell shirts there. And maybe like Samado and Dendonka, mm. it'll come good in the second season. You know. Um, but like he hasn't really given. This is why I was like a little bit frustrated that we didn't see Chiquino start the game. Yes. I thought he did enough. And when he came on and started the second half, Chiquino, one he made something He was brilliant. He made something happen straight away yeah. because he's got an end product. And that's as a striker. If you know, do you run into the box and put your head where it hurts and jump, make those runs if you're not getting any balls in the box, mm. which is why we're not scoring the goals, because they know that the ball's not going to come in, or Bruno Large, as Paul has said in the past, Diogo, um, who comes on the channel, the, the you know, the reaction, said, oh, we go side to side and back again. Or if, you know, mm. he, he comes in the box, he, every single chance he gets, yeah. the ball's coming in. And if you're a striker, central striker, if you know the guy's he's going to get the ball, he's he going to cross the ball, you're going to make the runs... Yeah, but if you know the balls coming in, if, if the if the crosses don't come in, eventually you stop making them, don't yeah. you? And you know, you know, it's it's one of those things, mate. On to uh, Ruben Neves. Yeah, there he is again, tears in his eyes. Do you think he's going? Uh I've I've said to my brother since the turn of the new year. I said, if we don't get Europe this year, he, he's gone. Especially with having two years left on his contract. Well, a year, yeah, two years left on his contract. We've got to sell this summer. And what if he, if, if he wants to leave, which rightly so, he, he deserves to. And what would you sell for, mate? If you were Jeff, all right, Jeff. I'd want around 70. 70 million? Mm. What would you what? settle for? 70. Would you play hardball? 60, 65, a push. Now, if we got 60 or 65 million, I think that would be. A good deal. Yeah. What if they basically sold him on at fifty million and then put a clause in saying any sell on after that we'll get some money? Um, I don't know if they can they do that still for players over twenty one. I don't know. I don't know if they can. I thought that was for. I'd have, like, ask, I'd have to ask George. Hold on. Academy players or um... George? <laughs> George, it's Dave. You know from the YouTube channel. Can you put? Can we put a clause in there? Is his contract if we sell him for fifty million? Oh, I've just got his voicemail, mate. I'll have to wait until he comes back. I think we can put clauses like Champions League appearances in stuff like that. Because I know yeah. Barcelona did that with Samedo, um for Europe and stuff. Um, so I think you can put you can put stuff like that in. So if that soon tops it up, then you'd, you'd set, I'd settle for sixty. I'll tell you what, Mitch. Is 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 like hold my beer. 
He's going 70 million. He's going 100 million. There is an argument that Jack Grealish went for 100 million and Neves yeah. is every bit as good as him. It's the, the being English factor with Jack Grealish, though, isn't it? As soon as you're an English player in the Premier League, who's got any news about you? The he money's out of Wolf says 65 million easy. Uh, another one that says here, again, I've just said it, if Grealish was 100 million, Neves shouldn't be any less. Uh, but we, like what you said, EPL, the English tax, especially yeah. the national team of players, affects it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see us get 60, 65. Realistically, I'm not sure if that happened, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that one. I mean, after um, what he's done over the years down the club, the goals he scored, the passion he showed, he, like Jason says, he loves the area, he loves the fans. He, deser he deserves what he gets when he, le when he leaves. He's, he's been a fantastic servant to the club and wherever he goes, I just hope he gets the same reception from fans like we've given him. 100%. Well, Chaotic Raiders says somehow Declan Royce is valued at £150 million. Yeah. OK. And these are all members, by the way. If you see the little wolf's head next to them, that means they, they support the channel by becoming a member. And if you want to support the channel and what we do, please come a member. We have a private Discord group as well. We have lots of natters. Uh, OK says Maguire is an £80 million player. Nevis is 120 million pound player. It's like everyone saying, hold my beer. Yeah. Going, <laughs> You've got to compare it to positional wise. And the only positional wise you can compare it to is the likes of Grealish. So you can't really compare him to Maguire, really. No, because of the other The other person to compare him to is the rumour of Frankie De Jong from Barca to United at 75 million. Well, terrible. yeah, I mean that is that 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 is one of the things. When I talk about Neves, I wonder will he go to Manchester United? Because mm. if they buy they buy De Jong, apparently he's their first choice. Yeah, and um, he works with them at Ajax. Their new manager worked with him at Ajax. That might cut out Manchester United, mm. but you could still see uh, Neves rocking up at Arsenal potentially. Oh. If he did, if he did that, I think he'd lose a lot of Wolves fans after what he come out and said about the Arsenal fans and players after the, they beat us at, at Molyneux. Yeah, maybe. But I, I, there was rumoured to be close last season, as I've talked about. Yeah. I spoke yeah. to um, Thelwell, um, who told me um, when I was dropping some samosas off. Um, that it was a, virtually a done deal. And obviously, I asked him who, and he told him that Mendes had told him. And then it came out in the uh, the press the next day. Yeah. And then it all sort of fell away in the end. But, uh, yeah, if it, I mean, Barcelona is supposed to be interested. Like, as, um, as uh, Jason says, they've not got anything to, uh, yeah. to think, although they've taken out something like a £150 million, pound, billion pound loan or something like that they've taken out. That with the government again, that they still owe billions oh, to. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, if he goes, he's got to go abroad. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't want him. I'd be. I'd find it hard to see Neves come back and play against us. Yeah. Um. You know, that would be uh, kind yeah. of difficult. I you think it suits someone of... like. Go on. Go on. You go on. Go on. So I think it suits someone like Juventus, but I don't know what their position was. Is regarding. Champions League and Europa League at the moment. I know they're about third or fourth in Syria. Yeah, this well, season. Adrian Richard reckons Real Madrid. Yeah. I mean, OK, I said we need the equivalent to replace or what's the point in selling? Mm. There's big, strong rumours again surfacing about Polina and yeah. obviously he's been linked with Wolves 
for two or three years now, and he's been doing. He's a good player. He's in the Portuguese squad, and um, the you know I think his contract, whatever, is it might be around about seventeen million. Yeah, they've dropped the asking price, didn't they? Quite a bit. So I mean, Polina could rock up here. He'd be a lot. I wouldn't mind him coming. Uh, to be fair, he's a good player. Mm. Uh, well, I'm not sure he's in the same mould as uh, Ruben. But no, from what I've, what I've seen of him when I've watched it on, when they have him on BT and Sky, the Portuguese BT, the Portuguese games, and um, obviously the Euros last year, he looks a solid, sound central defensive midfielder. Yeah, could, could put himself about a bit, but long range passing and finishing. I don't think he's anywhere anywhere near the likes of Neville. There are going to be many that, that are. Um, but he, so that's quite interesting. Your man of the match and your performance rating? Uh, man of the match has got the same as uh, Jack and Jason. It's got to be Toti. Every yeah. day of the week, he was fantastic. Yeah. And then the performance, I'll probably say five as well. Okay. Your moment of the day? Moment of the day. Now, you said about the crunching tackle down your side at the North Bank, but there was a crunching tackle down at the South Bank as well that he did. The goal-saving tackle. Yeah, flew, flew from um, his left side. I thought that position. was goals, and then he yeah. somehow came in from nowhere. Straight across from nowhere, and Pookie looked as if to say, what's gone on there? And he didn't even see him coming. Absolutely. And your favourite hot drink? Favourite hot drink? It's close, because I've looked since lockdown and that, drinking coffee and that a lot more. But it has, it has, it has got to be a cup of tea, to be fair. Good, strong cup of tea with a few biscuits. I'm on my second one, thanks to the producer. <laughs> Probably hopefully get another one afterwards um, before bed. So yeah, mate, absolutely brilliant. And looking ahead to uh, to Liverpool, are you going to that? Yeah, going to that. So it should be uh, should be an interesting day. <laughs> and, uh, absolutely. And will you be going to the Wolves women game? I uh, is that the Saturday? It's the Saturday in Stockport. Yeah, I'll have to try and look at that. I'll have a look at that. Yeah, it's actually on the BBC as well. Apparently, it is. Yeah. Live, yeah. Um, obviously, that's a playoff for promotion to the championship. Yeah. If they then pass the, uh, the, uh, the 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 business case that they've got to put yeah. it in as well, but like it, they're underdogs. But um, Who they're playing yeah, they're, Leicester, Southampton, oh, Southampton. Yeah, because we it's weird the the promotion for the for the women. I don't, you know, it's kind it's of not fair, is it really? Yeah, I mean, you, you, they've won the league. Southampton yeah. have won the league of the north of their division. Obviously, north and south, or whatever it is, mm. and then they have the two winners have to play play each other yeah. to go up. They should and then they have to put business planning on top. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's kind of like the, the Super League all over again. It's like yeah. if they win and they get promoted, they should go up. I don't. To mm. me, it's like, but I guess it's like the non-league sides coming into the football league. Yeah, it's so level and that type of thing. But yeah, I mean, it was you know it's going to be a tough match. Um, they are underdogs. Southampton have invested heavily into mm. the uh, to the women's team, but like yeah, we'll be going to support them, um, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be having my hair game too, yeah. top because uh, we've ordered one. We went to the first anniversary, obviously, you know that Emma's the Wolves yeah. ambassador for that as well, which is big. And Wolves have now an official partner, so the hopefully big stuff coming from from that. And I picked up this uh, coaster whilst I was there at the weekend for the first birthday party. And uh, there was like something like 60 ambassadors. You know, they've got five Premier League clubs now uh, partnered. They've got 
lots of the uh, the football league, and I think there's big things to come. 157 clubs partnered with her game too now, which is absolutely it, it is. It's important uh, these sort of things to raise awareness, um, and I'm just quite proud of Emma that she's stood up to um, yeah. to to be the one of the Wolves ambassadors for that. Uh, so Liverpool, you got got a score prediction? I can't, I can't pick. I can't pick. It's, 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 I can only see it going one way, and I, I couldn't even tell you how many goals that's going to be. <laughs> After the City game, like Jason said, it's just going to be one of them. You want us to come out playing. I mean, my only hope is Southampton pull something out tomorrow. Um, That would make it interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. I have got one final question to ask you, and it's the one I've asked everyone. Say Lopetegui is available, Bruno Large. I've got my card, my pontoon card. You're on 16 or whatever it is, and I'm going to you. Do you want to stick with Bruno and invest with him, or do you want to twist and go for Lopetegui? I was a stick, but after reading multiple forums today and seeing people... You've not been on Molyneux Mix. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why I've gone there, because I just end up miserable as soon as I come off it. <laughs> I don't know, it serves a purpose. It's great, yeah. it's great that it's a forum yeah. and stuff. But there's a lot, of, apparently there's a lot of negativity. It's kind of, mm. it runs Twitter close, apparently. Nothing <laughs> against following you, Mix, because I, I, it's it's great, and there's lots of oh, conversations. When we're playing well, it's the... like on Twitter. There's the odd one or two that yeah. are not very nice. When we're playing well, and the, the transfer room is fine about, it's fine. And yeah. when we're hearing stuff from the club, it's fine. But when we're hearing nothing from the club, we're playing poor. No transfer rumours. It's just <laughs> no. I don't think a discussion and open forum is fantastic. It's just. Mm-hmm. We, you, you don't need to be nasty to your fellow fans or derogatory yeah. or anything like that. I mean, Jason, I think he put to Jason will probably tell you. I think he put a picture of a, his Neves flag out, and then some Wolves fan decided to be daft about it. And it's like, yeah. why do they need to be like that? It's like I don't get it. It's like, yeah, it, it, some people are just not We're very the same thing and toxic, and I, I just don't buy into it. It's horrible. Mm. Either anyone could be nasty to anyone, um, especially when they do so much for charity and stuff mm. like that as well. Um, so yeah, you, you're going to you twist, would you? I'll probably say twist on the basis of the likes of um, Lopper to he's potentially available, but it's if he wants to come. That's the only other thing. Well, he, he wanted to come when we were in the mm. championship, and what an opportunity to manage a Premier League club, you know. And look what he's done for Sevilla, and uh, he's got them like. You know, yeah. you know, you know that playing really, really well. So you know, maybe, maybe we'll wait and see. Um, but you twist if you were Jeff. Yeah. There you it's go. Got, it's got the feel of the end of last season again when the cloud was over new. Now it's got exactly that same. I like Bruno Lars. I don't yeah. like the fact that you know. I think if we'd have had this run mid-season and we'd have played our mid-season now, we wouldn't be having this conversation at all. He'd be gone. No, as in, if we'd, if we'd have had the slump that we're having now between November and January. We'd have had the slump, 12 games without a win in the yeah. middle of the season. It's and a big if, and then if, they would have made a change. Yeah. I, I think they'd have made a change there. there. Yeah. I don't think, I think the only reason they've not is because we're so safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mid-season, if we'd have had this slump, we'd have been in relegation battle. Oh. They would have made the changes. So yeah. I don't think you'd have had the opportunity to have the, the other third towards the end, but we'll wait and see. 
Josh, brilliant. We'll see you next. I'll see. I hope to see Anfield. May see you in right. Stockport, and we'll definitely see you next Monday. No, Dave. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, pal. Brilliant. So that's Josh, a friend of the show. And finally, thank you so much for being so patient. I'm delighted to introduce to you the brand new chairman of the Wolves 1877 Trust, Daniel Warren, making his debut on the show. Welcome, Daniel. Evening, Dave. You're all right. Um, uh, yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's uh, always entertaining on the show. We've had well over a hundred people. Uh, live throughout the entire. We're on 130 watching even now live on the show. And um, we do well, get loads of watch it back on catch up. And then we have even more that listen to the show on the podcast when it goes up tomorrow on Spotify or Apple. So, guys, if you are watching, please smash a like if you're enjoying uh, the discussion tonight uh, and uh, on the on the video and. Uh, Feel free to leave comments in the in the in the chat, and your comments are always welcome. Always put some on the screen, and uh, if you want to become a member, as I say, you're more than welcome to do that and join the membership side of things. Darren, uh, give us a bit of background about you for everyone, because here's your debut. Yeah, evening, everybody. A um, little bit about me. I've been a Wolves fan now for well, the day I became a Wolves fan was that day in Cardiff. I was only about. Uh, 10 or 11. I hadn't really made my mind up about football at that point, to be honest, even as a sport. My mate asked me around his uh, flat and 90 minutes later, I came out um, a Wolves fan. So evening, everybody. And, and thanks, Dave, for having me on the show. I know we're, um, you've had trouble getting me on and stuff like that previously. You're so thanks for the opportunity to come on. Yeah, I am a busy bee at the moment. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so my time as a Wolves fan, you know, I've, I've been there through the good and the bad League One. Uh, and obviously the recent last few recent years, not comparable really in terms of uh, what we've gone through, you know. Um, I think, you know, looking and talking about what's been said earlier, I think the club's at a little bit of a crossroads now where it has to make some very key decisions. I actually think this summer and the, the discussion we're having about manager and also players, this summer is as big as that season when Nuno came in. The club were at a crossroads there. I think if Fosun had got it wrong uh, when they sacked um, Paul Lambert, we could have been in uh, back in League One. It worked. We got promoted, and the rest is history, sort of thing. But I think we're at that well, point now. The right, where... They made the right moves in the in the transfer window. They learned from the first season. They learned from it, and they made the, they had a plan, and they went with the plan, and they backed the plan. They invested in the players. They sold it to the likes of Jota and Jimenez, and uh, not Jimenez because obviously we come the year after and never Bonatini. Yeah, Bonatini, who did well for us, uh, had scored six games in a row or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they did. And obviously, we, we got to Europe. We've had the FFP issues and all of We've had the pandemic, which I think has stifled things a little bit. And, you know, they have to run a tight ship. But now, now's the time. Because if you stand still in this division, you go backwards. And there's teams like Leicester and Newcastle and West Ham and Villa and, you know, Brighton and all of those teams that are all got the same aspirations and others that Everton that might stay off, that surely can't, if they do stay up, won't have such a bad season. If Wolves have got to make the right moves in the transfer window, Jason made a very big point about they need to go early, they need to get their business done. 
and so that the manager can plan and not leave it till like lastminute.com. Oh, like we're on transfer. They used to get it done early, and now would you know you get to transfer deadline day. The, the season started. The manager's not been able to bring them players in. They need to have a squad that they know what's happening, and they need to go and invest in the squad because I don't think if they, I think if they don't this window. I think we could see the fans turning against the ownership, which would be a shame because Fosun have done fantastic for us up to this point. And I'm frustrated and I'm very pro Fosun and what they've done. But I'm like at the point where is now's the time. You've got to show your metal. You've got to show your ambition. You've got to back yourself in the transfer market and whoever the manager is, you've got to back him. Absolutely. I mean, as a supporters trust, you know, um, I would say I'm pro-Fosun, you know, um, as a supporters trust, we've always said, you know, the whole point of the supporters trust being set up a year ago was we were independent of the fans parliament. We wanted to make sure that the club, an outside body that was represented by Wolves fans, because owners change, managers change, players change, the fans don't change. You know, the day I decided to become a Wolves fan, for me, that's a lifelong thing. You know, you don't change your shirt. You don't, you know, go off and support other clubs and stuff like that. And it's the same with my, my mates, you know, Wolverhampton born and bred. This is my football team. This is my bread and butter. And I think we have a massive stake to play. Because, you know, Wolves is a, is a football club, but it's also a business as well. And it needs to be a profitable uh, football club for me. You know, it's very clear to me that I think the days of us losing £50 million like the season we got promoted in the Championship, those are over. I think Fosun want us to be breaking even with, with strategic investments along the line. You know, if the right player comes along and there's a buy-to-sell policy, I suppose Neves is the perfect example of that. Signed for, for £15 million. I think he'll go this summer. Uh, but it'll be with a lot more money. But then that money gets reinvested back into the club. I think, as I say, I think it's a big summer ahead. I think we're going to have to spend some money. Um, that's clear. Um, I also think, you know, from 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 a sort of, you know, supporters trust point of view, and you were talking about fans turning on Faust and stuff, if I was to rate Faust out of 10 at the moment, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be an eight. I don't think they've got everything right. I think in the last two years, one of my frustrations, I think Jason was on about it earlier, there's lack of communication from the senior people in the club about the direction of the football club, the aspiration of the football club. You know, um, it used to be a thing, you know, Jeff Shee writing in the Match Day programme. That hasn't happened at all this season. No. Um, you know, the Ask Jeff things once, twice a year, that's once good. Once a year. But it's controlled. You know, I ask questions this, the this, club, this, is the, club this, is, this is it. I can understand why they want a thing. And a lot of clubs don't do even the uh, the Ask Wolves. And it's going to be spread out this year. There's going to be other department heads that are going to get involved in it and, uh, and all of that sort of stuff. It's going to be interesting to see what comes out of it and stuff like that. But like, um, I'd love on a on a forum like this to be able to talk direct because we are like friendly, you know. We're not going to be nasty or anything like that. We've got a good community to be able to come and ask direct questions and get some um, and some some honest, open answers in that type of thing, not in less controlled environment because. The media team do a brilliant job at Wolves. They're absolutely fantastic. The content that they put out is brilliant. It, it's superb, the content and the, the, that they put out. But obviously, you know, it, they're a little bit nerv- nervous about coming onto a forum like this. I mean, um, I mean, Dave, um, you know, I'm going to utter the words now, Jez Moxie. And there were many, many flaws with Jez. Um, he knew how to run a football club. He knew how to run a football club on a budget as well. Um, but the communication was always there. You know, if something was wrong or the, the supporters were angry, Jez Moxie would face it up. 
and, and, and you know, he talked to you. I think we're, we're missing, and I, I saw one of the comments earlier, we're missing Laurie Dalrymple. Um, you know, I think he was a good PR man in terms of he knew how, what he was doing. And he, I think he got into himself into a bit of trouble uh, towards the end because I think he started talking about aspirations that probably went a little bit too ahead of his remit. And I think Jeff Shee realised that he could do that role quite well. But there isn't seen that communication. As I say, you know, I mean, I think Wolves fans, you know, listen on the show tonight. We go out and spend uh, 150 million in the summer and we, we buy seven or eight players and it works and it clicks and we're, we're top six next season. Um, this this conversation will be irrelevant. However, it's it's a massive gamble that we've got to do, and 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 whether or if that butts will happen. You know, I think last summer, I think it was the most frustrating transfer window for a very long time. You know, um, I don't think you know I don't particularly go on Twitter that much, but you know, come towards the end of transfer deadline day, I I start looking and things like that on there, and that the sign centre back. You know, usually Wolves fans, we're always crying out for another striker or this, that and the other over the years. But we were so, just crying out for a centre-back. I think if we had a, a, a centre-back ready to go in, I think we'd have played a different style of football this year. I think, you know, Bruno's playing with Nuno's squad, barring Wang and Trincao. Um, you know, Trincao was brought in to replace an injured Nevers. Um, and uh, and Wang was bought in as a different type option. I, I actually think he was bought in originally as a sort of backup striker to play in a sort of number 10 and role. He has but played it... down the central and he's tried him down there. So, yeah. Darren, that brings me on to the um, the, the, the uh, stick or twist question that I've asked everyone else of the pundits that's come on tonight um, regarding would you, would you um, be happy to give Bruno Large 120 million, say, to spend? Or would you um, would you stick with him, or would you twist? And if someone like Lopetegui was available, would you go for him? Me personally, I'm going to be different from my different pundits tonight. I think stick. Um, I don't think I think changing manager gets you only so far. I think you know. Um, I think Wolves have to look at it whether we're going to do a short term appointment or a long term appointment. I think Bruno. They did their own work on him. They clearly wanted Bruno went a few him. months, a few months before when we went in for him and stuff like that. I I think Bruno has had no money to spend. He hasn't been able to shape his squad to the style he has. He's, he's playing with Nuno's squad, you know. And actually, I think Bruno, what he has done, and you know, we, we're failing to sort of you know talk about it a little bit. I think he has got certain players playing better. Max Hillman well, being bought on, being bought on a, a million miles. We talked about this. Manny came on and we've talked about this when everything was going well. We went down the squad and we went, X amount is improved in, so-and-so is improved in. We went throughout the whole squad at that point and we're saying everyone has improved. I think yeah. it's only the last third of the season where it's yeah. it's fell off a cliff and there seems to have been issues. There's rumours that he wants to play the four. Obviously, the four of the black, the players have been kicking back against doing it there's been said there's been reported by journalists that there's been fallouts which at the uh, at the ground at the in, in training and there's been a bit of a backlash you know against him he disappeared for, obviously because of covid and it's been recently like he said the first two thirds of the season were pretty good the last third has been has been not good but he has had injuries and the frustration from the fans isn't the fact that we're eighth or ninth or going to end up tenth in the in in the league? Well, we're going to end up in the top half, and you would have taken that at the start of the season. The frustration from the fans is the fact that we had in our own hands so You're many opportunities to grab and really 
take top six, let alone top seven. Yeah. You know, even fifth, even fourth was on the cards at one point, and we've just missed and messed it up at every single turn and and, and botched it up. And that's the frustration of whether he's got we've got this killer instinct to be able to have the mentality to take it and or whether they don't want and that's been the, the I also think Dave it worth point worth making. Look at our bench at, at times this season. Yeah. You know, who can we bring on to change a game? You know, if we're playing two in the middle of the park, Martino and Neves, we bring Dendonker on, he's defensive, he shores things up. You know, Luke Kundal, I thought he had a great game at Spurs away. Uh, you know, young yeah. Academy prospect coming Academy through. You know. year, Luke Kundal. Absolutely, you know, looks a real prospect, but that's a big word again. Prospect, we have a lot of prospects coming through, younger players and stuff like that. I, I think really there's a strength in depth issue, and and, and, I, and I really get it from from Bruno speaking in the press and stuff like that. I think I probably would give Bruno uh, an opportunity to 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 build on the squad. I think there are going to be players going. And I think that will fund some players coming back in. I think it, I, I think the squad's gone stale. I think that's the word to, to describe our squad at the moment. It's stale. There are players there that have been here at the club four, five, six years in some cases. I love Romain Sayers, uh, by the way. I think he's had his best season in a Wolves top um, this year. Right, I think he's been brilliant. You know, when he goes in on a player, you the, the, the other player goes, I've been visited by Romain Sayers, <laughs> you know. Um, and I think he's great. But I think he was someone who... who, who he probably needs to move on. I think Bolly needs to move on. Um, players like that. And we need to adapt and, and look at different signings and stuff like that. Um, you know, Matinho, love Matinho to bits. I think Matinho is one of the best players I've ever seen in a wool shirt. You know, a lot of love for Ruben Neves tonight, but but Joe's the master. He's, you know, um, Ruben was the, the apprentice. Joe's the, the, the master sort of thing like that. And I think um, from my perspective sort of thing, I'd like to keep Matinho. But I think there needs to be some changes. I don't think Matinho is a 38-game Premier League player next season. I think he's a 20-game player. You know, some starts and some coming off the bench to shore up and a little bit of quality here and there to bring through. I mean, imagine being Luke Cundall in our youth academy, looking to Jan Matinho as a, as a, as a you know... That's an inspiration. And then yeah. you've got the likes of Morgan Gibbs-White, who, you know, who's had a tremendous season at Sheffield United. Goals assists, player of the season, you know, Sheffield United 2-1 down in the first. I hope they, to be honest, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see Morgan come back personally. I know some people disagree a, with a, me. Absolutely. I think, that, I think the lad had a bit of a chip on his shoulder personally. He you know, he's got a bit of celebrity girlfriend and stuff like that. And I think he, I think he had a lot very young. However, I, I think, think he's we've had... Up, We've had many players like that at Wolves over the years that we've let go. Keith Andrews, Mark Davis, I know we're talking quite a few years ago. Young players given a lot of responsibility and, you know, they're the next one coming through. The next, you know, is one of our own, as we say, sort of thing. And that adds extra pressure. But I'd give Morgan a go next season. I wouldn't sell him. Uh, you know, I think Morgan Gibbs-White at the moment is worth £20 million by, by his performances in the Championship, being English and stuff like that. Also, we're going to have a problem uh, next season with our bench with the five substitutes I think so a certain number of them have to be under 23 and, and have to be home growing so you know nine substitutes and three have got to be under 23 so, so there you go so I think Morgan fits that bill for us I, I mean like I think he'll want game time but I think he could get it if if, if Bruno as I was saying this is why I'm saying with the sticks in the 4-2-3-1 system he fits in very nicely in that yeah. uh, just behind the forward 
Yeah, and if actually anything from a tactical point of view, you know, I'm no football manager or anything like that, Dave. I'd be I'd be absolutely stretching the imagination by that. But I think that's something we've been lacking now for two seasons is someone playing in behind a striker or or, or wingers to sort of have that person running in the box. I mean, I think Bruno sort of allowed players to run into the box at the beginning of the season. I I, I always felt under Nuno there was the, the strict rule that the centre midfielder will never ever enter the box. You know, and that's great when you've got Neves who can put one in for thirty. Yards, um, Matinho, I think, would be effective. Well, you'd never see Connor Cody getting four goals in a season. No. And, and that's another player who I think, you know, take out the last 12 games and our defence becoming leaky. And let's be aware how many of those games has Max Kilman played? I mean, Max for me, if he hadn't got injured and he hadn't been dropped, Max for me would have pushed Jose Sar for player of the season. Would play, pushed him all the way. I mean, he, he, we've missed him absolutely yeah. massive. I mean, I mean, he, I mean yeah. I mean, Bolly. For me, hasn't been a reply. It's not been a, a a solid, and I think that's messed our whole back. You know, when we play three at the back, I think that change in in centre half has really broken the rhythm why, of that of our defensive play. I still can't understand why Bruno Large played Johnny Otto as a right centre back against Man City. I mean, oh, that to me is stupid. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne had so much. So, so much space in front and of us. This our is our manager. I, 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 I love Bruno, and I'm kind of with you on the fact that I'd want to see him if backed, if they're going to keep him the back properly so he can play the, the, the exciting attacking football with the players that he wants. But that is incompetent management for me that he played Chiquino as a wing back and then alongside Johnny Otto, who's brilliant. Don't get me wrong, and defensively on that right hand side of what he does, but like there was, it was just when you got Totti Gomez that you could just yeah. put in there. I yeah, just, I mean Totti was fantastic crazy. yesterday, you know, and uh, you know, um, you know, looking at looking at the comments and stuff like that, you know, the young players we've got coming through that we might let go, you know, uh, you know, someone saying Carl saying like Morgan Gibbs White, uh, you know, uh, championship education. Ruben Neves had to have a championship education, I think. Uh, players yeah. do, you know. Romain Sayas and Connor Cody would never have got into a Premier League team in that first season, their first couple of seasons at Wolves. I think that championship education does you well at times. And I don't think we need to spend mega money at Wolves. We have not been a club, well, under Fosun, apart from maybe Raul Jimenez, where we spent 32 million quid. We've always signed players at reasonable amounts of money. Five million for Jan Martino, bargain. Uh, 15 million for Ruben Neves, an investment for the future. Dendonka, 12 million. I mean, we moan about Dendonka at times, but Dendonka for 12 million quid, absolutely fantastic business, personally. I mean, we look at Samado, we look at Silva, we spent some big money as it worked. Uh, you know, I thought, I think Samado has been solid this season when he's played, uh, you, you know, and I think that there's another name missing from the last. Uh, five or six games, crucial player who, who hasn't really got a run or who's, who's carrying a bit of a knock. I think who's missing at the moment is Samedo. I think we've lost that a little bit as well. You know, I think we're looking at better Daniel team. Daniel Pedence. I mean, poor Dan. You know, Daniel, I think, you know, if you look at how many goals we've scored this season that Daniel's been in, involved in, you know, he's my namesake, you know, nowhere near as flashy. But, um, but, but, but Pedence has been key for us and he's been injured for probably at least a third of the season, maybe a bit more where he's been missing. And we've struggled with creativity-wise without him. I think Pedence is a real, real talent. And he was the reason, you know, people talk about why we sold, um, you know, 
Jota. We sold Jota for forty-two million pounds, which at the time was good business, and it's great. You know, Jota can be the third top goal scorer in the Premier League when you've got Mane and Salah around you, and uh, Bobby Firmino and other players like that of that quality. We sold Jota because Pedence was coming through and Neto. You know, so I think it was true business at the time. Um, I, I agree with that. I agree with that, and that's why I've said Neto is first season. He's obviously he's coming back to fitness. Pedence, uh, Jota at the time, it was good business at the time, good profit, but obviously he's gone on. But like you say, he's in a team surrounded by superstars and yeah. he, he's, you know, he's going to get the goals, which is fantastic for him. Um, but like Wolves are going to make the right moves in the transfer window. Your, um, your performance rating from the weekend and your man of the match? Um, five. Is, uh, you know, I'm going consistently there. I think it was lacklustre at times in that, uh, especially in the first half. I think we made Norwich look good at times, and that they are poor. You know, they're a poor side. We gave them, we did the same thing that we did against City, where we let them have a lot of space in front of the back three. There was no protection from the midfield at all, and you know, Pookie if he could finish. He would have had two or three. Goals, yeah, yeah, two or three, two or three nil up. You know, um, for me. Man of the match, I'm going different from my other pundits tonight. Uh, you know, I think Aitan Ori, for the very fact that he had to be in that place at the right time. I think from a fullback point of view, running into the box has been key. And for not enough times this season has the fullback run into the far post to get ahead because the amount of times a ball's come across the box and no one's been there. Aitan Ori, right place, right time for me. But, um, you know, uh, the guy on before me said, uh, Josh, um, you know, Totty with that, um, you know, it was uh, the tackle up the, uh, you know, up the North Banking was brilliant. You know, add me, uh, you know, I already stand in the South Bank. I'm a South Bank season ticket holder, but 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 already had me applauding. But that goal, you know, it would have been a goal. Norwich would have gone 2-0 up. Oh, yeah, it was great. It was great. You know, it came from nowhere as well. I mean, he literally ran from the left side of the box. He'd come around, spotted the danger, went bam, straight in. Brilliant. And and, and again, for me, Totti is a starter against Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, that's my, that's my... Man of the match is eight nori. Moment of the game was Totti's challenge at the South Bank end, saving what would have been two, potentially 2-0 Norwich. OK. And uh, the key question, your, uh, your favourite hot drink? Um... I'm a tea man. I can't drink coffee after 12 o'clock. I'll be awake all night. I am a tea man, but I have a cardinal sin. Uh, if I get a bar of chocolate, whether it have wafer or whatever, you've got to dip it in your tea. It tastes oh, a lot better. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, some people now, I'm, I'm awaiting the comments on that now of, uh, of blasphemy, but I, now love, I want to uh, ask love a little dip of chocolate. We will be, uh, I am working on getting a vote feature for this, by the way. I have asked the question on a few people so we can have more interaction. That will be coming at some point, one way or another, whether it's this season or next season. But, um, yeah, if you're watching and you do like my content, please hit the bell notifications on because you'll get notified. But, like, what we're going to go and talk, talk to Daniel in a second now just about the, uh, the, the, the trust. But whilst we're doing that, we want to know whether or not it's a cardinal sim to dip a chocolate bar in your tea, yes or no, yes or oh, no. no. I'm, to, dreading need, this, I'm dreading this, Dave. Whether that is a, a sin against man. Uh, Adrian that. Richards has just highlighted that comment for me, Dave. Adrian Richards, Twix Dipper, absolutely spot on there. Like a little bit of caramel in the chocolate, get all day long, definitely. Well, Kieran Russell's gone, yes. So you so far you're going well. Merv Bennett's like in the Trustford Digestical Penguin and nothing else. 
Um, I think digestives are a bit lightweight when it comes to tea, and I hate to sound like Peter K, but chocolate hobnobs hold up hold up the best, really, in terms of uh, you know, if you, or, or or like um, your uh, Tunnock's wafer bars, they hold up well. But I find a digestive just disintegrates, and, and actually, yeah, that's the one thing. You, oh, when no, you get that no, bit of biscuit at the bottom, no, you know, um, no, that's, that's, that's awful. Nice. That's not so, nice. yeah. Right, Darren, tell us, uh, tell everyone a little bit more about the trust. I mean, how many members at the moment and so, how people can get involved in the. So, uh, the we've had a little bit of a, of a flurry of joiners the last year. So, the, the Supporters Trust was set up 12 months, just nearly, you know, we're coming up to our first anniversary. Uh, we were set up because people might remember the fans' parliament. Um, the fans' parliament was very selective uh, of who it had on. You know, the club picked who it wanted to. It was perceived as a closed shop, wasn't it? It, it was a closed shop. I mean, uh, Dave, I applied to go on to the fans' parliament. I wanted to give my view. I wanted to know a little bit more about how the club was being run, understand the decisions more. You know, Wolverhampton Wanderers is my weekend passion. You know, I want to understand how the football club's run, the footing it's on, things like that. Some people might say I'm boring, but, you know... It's, the, what we see on the pitch for 90 minutes, everything that goes on in the background with about the training ground or the strategic decisions of the club, it all goes in to that. And I think from, from that point of view, I wanted to be involved in the fans' parliament, but it was a close shop to me. I didn't fit what the club wanted at the time. I'd made some comments previously in a, in a previous role when I was a local councillor, when they had um, the um, money shop sponsor. I came out against um, against the money shop sponsorship and um, that was about five or six years ago before Fawson took over. And when my I put my name forward to go on the fans' parliament, and they must have seen me as a little bit of a, a bit, bit of a always oh, going to cause us trouble. Don't go on. The supporters' trust is completely independent of the club. Anyone can join us. I mean, I urge people tonight. If you're on here, you're interested. It's five pound for the year. If you've got your kids and they're under eighteen, it's free membership for them. You can go on the website, which is www wolves1877trust.co.uk. Go on there tonight. You can, it, we've changed the payment system. You'll be glad to hear, Dave. Now it's much yeah, easier to join. We're not using yeah. PayPal anymore uh, necessarily. You know, we've made it a lot easier to go on there and join. But what we are really is an independent voice where fans can come and take their opinions to us. You know, uh, we can have debates. We can have discussions about should Ruben go? Should, you know, should we be spending 30, 40 million pounds on a strike? We can have all those discussions, right? But it's also to give you an update and give the fans an insight into how the clubs run. And also, if you've got questions, we'll take that to the club. You know, we, we were talking earlier, and I think Jason was making a good point. We're not hearing about the club. The Supporters Trust is the perfect vehicle for us because we're independent. We're a friend of the club, you know, it's in our interests to make sure that Wolves do the best thing. A critical friend. A critical friend is the perfect way to describe us, right? You know, I have to say, you know, and I'm not one of these people that will come out and bash the club all the time. They got the FA Cup ticket pricing spot on. And I came out and said, they got it spot on, right? Season ticket prices. We came out with a very lukewarm statement about season ticket prices. A lot of people, we looked, we did have a little look before we came to our opinion about the reaction online and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, I personally would have preferred a freeze. I don't think putting £40 on a season ticket financially makes us a difference of a signing a striker or not. Um, let's face it, it's the TV money and, and, and things like merchandise sales that actually bring in more money to the football club. Uh, also, at a time, you know, we've got the cost of living price crisis going on you know off gem's been in the news today about having to be able to change the energy price cap every three months things like that are going on as well that the club have to take into account if we have a bad season next season is you know is necessarily molyneux going to be full you know so i'd have gone for a, for a for a price freeze personally i think they brought in some really good things at the same time you know i'm not being completely critical of the club you know uh dropping the um the um the 
you know, the administration fee on season tickets, saving season ticket holders six quid, um, you know, making the direct debit scheme over nine months, making it slightly more affordable. These were all really positive things. By the way, don't think that the club, you know, they did talk about it. I sit on the ticketing forum. The club were putting these ideas out, but I raised those issues back in uh, in January, talking about needing to increase the direct debit scheme, needing to. So I was making those points, uh, you know, not as the chairman at the time, but as our member. Um, we do include, I saw Paul Harris there. Do we include disabled supporters? Absolutely. We, we we want disabled supporters. In fact, that's a group at the moment that we're, we're quite underrepresented in at the moment, to be honest, Dave. We don't have enough disabled supporters as members of the trust because your views and the issues that you face are absolutely critical. You know, there are things that, you know, challenges you guys face going to games um, that, um, that, that I'll, I won't. I won't necessarily um, see those challenges and things like that. Um, Carl's asked about membership prices. If you're an adult over 18, it's £5 for the year, uh, you know. And also I one thing I'd like... About the, I, I think he means about the Wolves membership prices. Oh, yeah, no. Um, and that's another thing. We made a point about membership prices. Um, I'm not completely 100% sure about the, the value for money of the membership at the moment. I think it's gone up. It's been a slightly disproportional... Uh, a rise. I know the club are talking about many other different ways of making membership work. You know, cashback schemes and things like that that they're looking at. They've, they've had those discussions with us and talk to, talk to us about these sorts of options and things like that. Sometimes, you know, the trust, the club, sorry, don't want us to talk openly about some of the things that they're looking at. But that's one thing that they're trying to do to try and make the. Um, that you know make the membership more value for money sort of thing i think when it was brought out as a concept it was really good concept but i think the i think when they released them the, when, when the club launched the membership scheme it was 20 pounds for the year really reasonable uh, i think it's now 38 pounds so in 10 years 11 years it's been around it's doubled in price you know and um, obviously the membership scheme at the moment seems as a sort of backdrop if you if you're on that season ticket waiting list yeah so fantastic. So there's lots going on. And you do um, in-person meetings as well. You had the AGM recently. When's the next one scheduled for where people can go and talk? And you, you were talked about having big issues to get people there. And uh, I, I, as well, if you um, if you remember, you do get email updates and things like that, don't you, on what's going on. So it's yeah. all very transparent, which the, the parliament wasn't so much. Um, so we are looking at a full member meeting in July. One of the things that, um, you know, we're in our infancy as a supporters trust. We do meet at the Emerald Club and I'll give them a little mention tonight um, because they've been really good hosts just that don't charge us for using their back room and, and things like that. We, we have got a board meeting next month uh, where we're going to be looking at different options of, of, of things like that. But we're hoping to have an all member meeting before the start of next season, probably mid-July. Um uh, and we are looking also at trying to get a former player along as well. Um, I think that works really well where they can talk about their time at the club. You know, supporters get something out of it. You know, they, they get a bit of an insight from a former player and stuff like that. By the way, Jody Craddock, what a servant he was to our football club. He's the Supporters Trust president and he, you know, absolutely committed to the Supporters Trust and supporting us. He's our honorary president. So, you know, thanks, thanks to Jody for doing that. Um, but I really think, you know, uh, you know, over the next few months, we're going to have some, you know, some interesting topics at our next supporters trust. I'm hoping, you Daniel, know, if we get the business done deal, that we'll be able to talk about some new signings as well. Daniel, just whilst you're on that, um, I was about to say, but um, Wolves, uh, Jason just said, Jason is the uh, 
chairman of the uh, the All Stars, so um, he can probably help with that. Well, both of you stop on at the end, and we can. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely on. happy to have a chat with Jason about that, and and obviously, you know, if he can help me out with that, uh, this you know, is what, obviously... this is what the community is all about: working together, I- bring you know, and that sort of helping each other out and stuff like I- that. So I- that's I- absolutely. And by the way, I say to people, you know, on here tonight, if you don't know what I'm, t- if you don't like what I'm saying about the club and that, I'm we're completely democratic. Join the supporters trust have your say come along and you know what i'm open to ideas i'm open to different views you know if you'd have told me if you'd have told me some some made some of the points before i even come on this show tonight listening to how fans change some of my perspective about some things that people fans feel about certain things just by leading the comments and stuff like that so you know, so I'm honest, open, you know that's I'm one open. of the great things about because i do that the thing is like that that we do have a great community and a good you know, as I say, there's been, you know, over 100 people on here watching the whole time, contributing and stuff like that. And they do, they love, the thing that I love about, we've got, we're talking on the screen, but there's conversations going, we highlight just a few of the comments. But you do get a good vox pop of opinions on stuff, which is what you want to hear, which is great why I wanted you to come on um, and obviously be able to talk and stuff like that. So that that's, that's I'm glad that you're getting that out of that. And obviously we can hopefully connect to, uh, Jason might be able to help you with a former player to come to one of the next events as well, which would and, be amazing. And, and that would be brilliant. And, and Dave, I've got to say to you, I've really enjoyed tonight. Uh, you know, long wait to come on, mind. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't mind that. I, I think it's been really interesting tonight listening to the other guys as well. Uh, been brilliant sort of thing. More than happy to come on again if you, if you want me. I don't know if your ratings welcome. have gone down well by done. me being on. You might not want me back. Message. Uh, this yeah. is open to anyone uh, of any views. I've got... I've sometimes I've got people that are very radical in the comments and I'm just saying, you know what, come on and have your view because that creates debate. As long as you're not, that the people don't come on and start effing and blinding because we're a family-friendly channel. Absolutely. Um, you don't need to. You can make your point as strong as you want and obviously I'll challenge those points and the people in the chat will challenge the points, but that's the great thing. Everyone on here is really, whether they've got a strong view one way or the other, they're respectful of everyone's views and that's what Absolutely. the fan base as a whole should be about. Absolutely. Can I just say like, you know, supporters trust meetings that we've had so far and we've had really good good attendances for a for a for a for a for a, a sort of group and it's fledgling. We've never had any problems with with things like that, you know. It's always been very open. If people have a different view and things like that, it's always been discussed in a really open and insightful forum and things like that. Um one thing I would say like from, from our point of view, and this is my appeal to, to your viewers tonight, is give us a go, join us, because the more people we get in the supporters' trust, the more notice the club will take us. We don't have a divine right to have the earpiece of the club. We don't. That's something that has to be earned by being representative of Wolves fans and things like that. We, we, you know, we are one of the last Premier League clubs to have a support, an independent supporters' trust, because we were one of the pioneers with the fan parliament and things like that, Dave, back in the day. But what we really, really, really need is more people to join us. I know it's a fiver. I know things are hard at the moment, but I promise you, you know, if we can get a couple of former players along to, to you know. I know our fan base is spread all over the country and stuff like that. But if you come along to one of our meetings, hear a former player, have a good chat with fellow Wolves fans, that five is worth nothing. And also one of the things that I would say as well is, you know, we have running costs as a supporters trust, our website, things like that, that cost money to, to run. We're all volunteers, the board. We don't take a penny out of the club or out of the trust or anything like that. But one thing I would say is the more people we get joined, 
we'll actually it actually becomes an economy where we can reduce the membership price for all. You know, that's something that we've we've discussed in the past. I think the good decided... thing about membership is that it, you know when people pay the five pound for the year, they're invested into it rather than just a tick box to join, and that absolutely means that they're actually properly invested rather than. I'll just join for the sake of it. I think that's what's important. I mean, um, I mean, for example, sorry, Dave, one one quick point on that I would make as well. Sorry, just to interrupt there. Um, one thing I would say is that you know, if you get if you go to a former player night and and you you pay, you pay money um, to, to to go and listen to a former player, you get that free with your membership. I think you're getting something. I'll tell you, out of I, will, well. I will tell you though that uh, Jason organises some fantastic events which raises an awful lot of money for charities with some of the players. I've been to a couple of them. They've got, uh, with the, they're absolutely brilliant. And uh, you get a meal with them and, and all sorts as well. So they are fantastic because they raise a lot of money for charity as well. And they're fantastic. But um, just regard, Carl says, is it £5 per person? There's a family membership as well, isn't there? No, the we we actually suspended the family membership because um yeah. our, what we said it we, what we said we would do is it's five pound per adult over eighteen and it's free for under eighteens because what we decided to do is make it free for uh, kids that are under eighteen that as makes well. Sense. That so makes sense. so we, we we dropped the family membership, but it's five pound per person, Carl. Um, you can pay. Um, you, you can go on there and, and make a, make a sort of standing payment. Um, if you go for a certain option, you can auto renew for the next year as well. It's really easy to join. Now we did have some problems um, over the last few months because we were using something called. Uh, you know, we were having to use PayPal because we highlighted uh, that, didn't we? Me and Emma at the yeah. AGM and stuff. So it's good that that's been done. Listen, one of the things that's suggested, I'm definitely ho open to do it, um, especially in the uh, the closed season, is we can have. Uh, you want just as a, a thing and we can have an open forum with questions and things like uh, that absolutely i mean there's, there's, there's absolutely about key things and you can get a really good insight on what the, the, the you know the guys are tuning to here think as well so we'll be happy yeah to no i mean i sit on and it meets monthly but it's not going to meet as often over the summer i sit on the ticketing forum for the club our um you know, our secretary Anne sits on the match day forum, um, experience sort of thing. Um, we've got um, Kashmir sits on the equality and diversity group. Um, I think yourself, you're on the is it the merchandise group day and stuff and, like that? Yeah, merchandise and Emma's uh, there as well. And say so Emma's obviously so, doing stuff with the her game. So you know, too, as a but... as a trust, we have people to feed into the the forums as well uh, and getting our view in there as well. You know, uh, when I'm on the ticketing group, I'm I'm there with the, like the, on that meeting with Vinnie Clark, who yeah. you know he's one of the key decision yeah, makers. Yeah, Vinnie's on that. the uh, was on the merchandise as well type thing. Yeah, so I he's, think he's uh, got uh, control uh, over like sort of ticketing and merchandise day. I think uh, yeah. within the club sort of thing so yeah so like you know letting I mean don't get me wrong club ain't you know shrieking violets in terms of turning around to us and saying what do you think about this idea or that idea um, you know but by us being informed you know one of the things that 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 we were sort of questioned about was the five percent uh, away threshold for away fans yeah. you know and that was something that you know me as a season ticket holder who can't get enough away points uh, who hasn't got enough points to go away or not very often it'll be interesting like to see how the ballot works for that to be honest when it comes out because they've done ballots in the past and uh you when you go to somewhere you want to go as you want to go with your your mate or your partner and who you sit next Absolutely. to and stuff like that whether it's going to be individual or you're going to be grouped I understand from the last meeting when they were talking about it that you're able to group it and you can group it to a certain amount of people as well. Now, obviously, you know, Bournemouth have been promoted to that for the Premier League. That ain't going to ballot. 
Brentford, no. that doesn't go to ballot. Fulham, we might get there, you know. And if you know, it's God forbid, heat, if, if Luton if Luton get promoted, that's another away game. You can well, Luton won't get promoted all... because they've been knocked out to Huddersfield oh, tonight. And but that does mean six points to if they go off. I don't want Huddersfield to go up because we, we, you know, they might only win three games, and that two of them will be against us. Anyway, we're gonna um, we're gonna finish off tonight now uh, because we've just we've got. It's been. A, I was trying to keep it down to an hour and a half and it's ended up being another two hour special which has been fantastic some great views thank you to everyone in the comments uh again please smash a like on the video i'll give us you know if you listen to it on the podcast give us some rating on the uh on um on the on apple and spotify five star rating that would help as well i really appreciate it and uh, thanks to all my guests tonight uh jason yourself, Darren, Josh, and of course, Jack. And if you want to get on the show at any point, this is an open show. This is a, like the WM phone-in show. You can, anyone can come on. You just have to message the Always Walls Facebook page, drop me a message on Instagram or not, and um, we can go from there. And um, from myself and all of those, Daniel, everyone that's watching, to you and your families, all the best wishes wherever you're listening to or watching in the world. Over and out, always wolves. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.